It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. As always, you're invited. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And as always, you can bring up uh, anything that you want here on Free Talk Live. We may be joined by Joa from Breaking the Flaw. I guess there's uh, some inclement weather here in New Hampshire in some places today. Hasn't really been so bad here, uh, but I guess there's some parking issues he's dealing with, so hopefully he'll be joining us shortly. But in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Matt. And welcome uh, back to the program, Matt. Good to have you here. <laughs> I think I'm just so used to saying, and Matt, or not and Matt, I just say Matt, because I'm waiting for the third, and tonight we Indeed. just have you and I so just, far. Just me and you here in the studio tonight. I think Joe may be joining us remotely. Uh, by the way, I want to welcome any new viewers uh, tonight. We are on a platform i just discovered recently uh it's called pilled.net and you would think it means red pilled but their logo has both a red and a blue like a double-sided pill where oh. one side's red one side's blue i haven't really taken the time to look at the uh the other broadcasters here but just at a glance it does look like it might be a little bit right leaning uh which is totally fine whatever as long as they don't kick us off then right then that's cool <laughs> any port in a storm at this point right yeah um, and we are off of youtube at this point uh they should be maybe we'll be unstruck uh unstricken within the next week or so but you yeah. know, we, we just there's no uh, no stability over there. You on can't rely on YouTube for anything. Absolutely not. So uh, so we're there, and we're also on several other platforms uh, on the video in the video world. You can go to video.lrn.fm. You get the full list there. Of course, we still uh, prefer Odyssey, and we'll be watching carefully this uh, next not quite next week, but two weeks. Uh, there's going to be a hearing for the library company LBRY.com, mm. which is likely going to be going out of business shortly because the SEC. Securities and Exchange Commission has targeted them, uh, and they won their lawsuit, unfortunately. The, huh. the SEC won the, the lawsuit, and so now they're doing the uh, what they call the settlement phase, where they're coming up with some coerced agreement, uh, which is basically going to bankrupt library, put them completely under. And the, the scary part is they're now going after Odyssey. They're saying, the SEC is saying, well, we think Odyssey's related to you guys, because at one time it was, and then they spun it off into its own separate company. But you guys were once related, so therefore we want to destroy Odyssey as well. They are really, really the biggest scumbags on the planet. They yeah. are the worst people that there are. Like, yeah, the how, SEC. how awful. I don't know. The FBI is pretty bad, too. And, well, any alphabet agency. Yeah. I'm just saying they. They right. love to be collectives. They're into their collectives, so mm. I don't mind calling them they. If there's one of them, I call it they and i certainly don't call it a person it's an it that's an evil absolutely backwards garishly bad entity speaking of they if you want to weigh in on any of this stuff you're welcome to join us the number 603-283-6160 but speaking of they they are meeting right now in davos i don't know if you've been following the world economic forum situation at i try all, not Matt. to follow it i saw a very fun um you know i I don't want to put too much faith in Elon Musk mm-hmm. because, I don't know, he just seems too mainstream to be real. But the fact is, he surprises me day after day after day. What did he say now? He tweeted a, a poll with a selection of two choices, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And it, it was something like, 
should the World Economic Forum be the world government or something like okay. that? And it was an overwhelming. It was like 86% no. no. Okay. I'm surprised that there was a four. I don't know who the the 14% I got to imagine were trolls or absolute psychos. Maybe it was there's still some uh, big government people on Twitter. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, the the vast, vast majority said no. And then he asked another question uh, that wasn't a poll. And it basically wasn't a question. It said, uh, it's clear that people don't want the world economic anything to do with the world economic forum and have no desire to be led by them. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. that that arrived to a million likes and reshares and so forth. Yeah. So, I d- didn't he have some sort of position with them in the past. He was invited in 2015, I mm-hmm. think is what it said. And he okay. he said uh, he was kind of using it as a, a as a pot shot against them to say saying that he wasn't going anymore okay and they responded the world economic forum responded by saying well we haven't invited you since 2015 or Uh, something like that okay i uh i don't know yeah i feel the same way about him as far as what you were saying is like sometimes he says some things that i really like and i'm surprised about uh like he's come right out and said the government is a monopoly on violence like he said things about that uh saying things that sound very very libertarian but then in the next moment, you know, he's taken welfare in the you know, number of millions, if not billions of dollars from the federal government. Uh-huh. And at the same time, you can't blame someone for doing that per mm-hmm. se. Like, well, they're taking money from you. You might as well take it back right. uh, if you can. Of course, then you have to deal with whatever strings come along attached to that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. He, I, I equate him to, you know, and it, it's not a big stretch, but Ferdinand Porsche did the same thing. You know, Porsche and Volkswagen never would have been anything if Adolf Hitler hadn't ordered so many people's cars, right? Mm. He was trying to equip Germany with a cheap mode of transportation that anybody could afford. And uh, Ferdinand Porsche took that took that carrot. Okay. And today we have VW and Porsche because of it. It was just a, a guy with a dream who wanted to build a car and, you know, he made a deal with the devil. And that's kind of what mm. Elon Musk has done is just taking the same deal with the devil so the world economic forum is in the midst of their i don't know if it's yearly or whatever meeting that they have in davos which sounds like a place where evil people uh would get together it does and it's like a sinister name yeah it is and of course the the main guy there klaus schwab is very sinister uh (laughs) but what has been an uh, what has been interesting so far is that the the people from uh rebel news are there now? I don't know if you're familiar with this news agency. This is kind of like an independent. Maybe they're right leaning. Uh, I'm not real sure on what their politics are, but I'm going to guess they're they're right leaning. This independent group that I think started in Canada, and they were the ones that were doing like the best on the ground reporting from the trucker uh, thing oh, that happened in, in uh, that's Canada where I've heard of them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had multiple people out there at different areas in. Ontario and doing live streaming and they caught all kinds of crazy stuff uh, on you know live video so and apparently they've been around for some uh, for some time and they've got agencies or uh, bureaus if you will in in other parts of the world and so they've got multiple people from other parts of the world that have come together to Davos where they are in the streets and they're doing uh, ambush interviews of people like well the CEO of Pfizer because apparently they're not holding this uh, meeting, this World Economic Forum, where wherever it is in, in Davos, 
is not in the same place where all these people are being housed or whatever. I'm, I'm guessing because they're in the streets, too. So, like, the CEO of Pfizer is walking from presumably his hotel or maybe he had some other meeting somewhere else. And he's walking to the actual convention location. Huh. So if you're in the streets at Davos and you got a video camera, you have the opportunity to corner, or at least the best you can, because they've got security right. around them and they're not going to be cornered per se, but you get the chance to, to talk to them. They won't necessarily talk Respond back to, to you. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does result in some interesting video that has been coming out, uh, the Rebel News Canada is reporting they actually uh, put up their own website. They did this during the trucker thing too, where they will they'll launch their own URL that directs redirects over to their website. So their website is wef like World Economic Forum wefreports.com. And so that's where they're putting all of the various different videos and filings and such uh, that uh, that they're getting over there. So I just wanted to play some of this one. I'm not going to play the whole thing. The whole thing runs for six minutes. Uh, and about half of this video is them just trying to get a simple answer and asking a variety of questions of Albert Bourla. That is the CEO. This is the guy uh, behind Pfizer. Here's what they said to him on the Mr. streets. Mr. Bourla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. (laughs) Now, this guy, uh, Ezra Levant, is the founder, as I understand it, of Rebel News. He's the one asking the questions Mm. here. And he's literally right next to Albert Bourla while walking down the street in Davos. He's got some security there. There's really, it appears, only two security agents that are accompanying him so they're not like you know they, at a certain points during the video they kind of step in between him and they do a little bit to kind of put some space in between him and uh mr Bourla from pfizer but i mean he's walking literally shoulder to shoulders he's, he's got unfettered virtually unfettered access to him but yet not a single answer to any of these questions but we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission why did you keep that secret have a nice day I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? He's actually being double teamed here. Uh, The other gentleman is Avi Yamini, who is another reporter with Rebel News. There's actually two Rebel News reporters here. Tag teaming uh, him. Yeah, peppering him with questions and he can't do anything except just keep walking because yeah, he's yeah, he's got to get to where he's going and apparently they're not driving him in a just, limousine which is strange. Yeah, that's strange. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about (laughs) on your private jet? 
Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? No, he shouldn't be worried about liability, at least not in the United States. No, they uh, they, they shielded them from that at the, at the outset, yeah, right? That's right. That's true of all vaccine manufacturers, I think, in the U.S. Maybe maybe there's some liability in some other countries around the world, but uh, is that right? Here. I thought I thought they just shielded them from that for this one. No, I'm oh. pretty sure it's a standard standard issue uh, shielding or whatever. Well, you, you know, every every time somebody opens their mouth about a vaccine, now it just turns me into more and more. I've, I was never an anti vaxxer mm-hmm. but every time somebody opens their mouth now, sure is suspicious. It's just like one more thing. It's like Jesus, how can I get behind this anymore? You know, Let me go on here. What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? So he's Why don't you answer these basic questions? He's got a handler now who's shown up. There's a woman, at least she wasn't easily visible in the early part of the video. So he's got at least two security agents and now a woman dressed in red who's got him by the hand and is just kind of leading him around. No apologies, sir. Do you, do you think you should be charged criminally for <laughs> for some of the criminal behavior you've in a, obviously been a part of? Bizarre part of this uh, walk that he's doing. He, even though he's been handled and like taken by the hand, he's he crosses this street into this sort of cordoned looking area and immediately is told they needs to turn around and go in a completely different direction. So it's like it's almost like they don't even know where they're going. It's very strange to watch this uh this happen. You would think they would have it together a yeah, little bit better. Yeah, you think so. I think it seems like a pretty great big deal. Right? Yeah, I mean it's very strange that they don't even really know where to take this guy, but they end up getting there. How much money have you personally made off the vaccine? How many boosters do you think it'll take for you to be happy enough with your earnings? <laughs> I'd be happy. Enough, I'd, I'd be happy to know if he took it himself. Yeah. I'd like to know if any of those people actually took their own jab. That's another good question. I suspect he wouldn't answer that one either. I, I, there's no way if I was one of those guys I'd be doing that. <laughs> that that's for the that's for the the the, the low people. people. Yeah. yeah, the test victims. Yeah, the guinea pigs. Who did you meet with here in secret? Will you disclose who you met with? He's just got a who did, he's got an S eating grin on his face right now, by the way. He just kind of has this big smirk that uh, comes across his face when that question gets asked. It's probably because he's he's a depopulationist like the rest mm-hmm. of them, and he's he's thinking about the day this guy that's questioning him is gonna pop off and he doesn't have to deal with those pesky underlings anymore. Well, of course, these reporters have not taken the vaccine. Right, of you know, course. With Rebel News. What do you uh, pay commissions to? In the past, Pfizer has paid $2.3 billion in fines for deceptive marketing. Have you engaged in that same conduct again? So this is pretty much it. He comes, he comes to, uh, there's a few more questions, but that's, that's sort of the gist of it. He started by answering, like, blow-off kind of answers, and then he finally realized he should just shut up and, mm-hmm. and not say anything at all. But it is interesting to see this happening, uh, that uh, these guys do actually have the ability to, to reach these individuals in public, which is, was a surprise to me. There's actually another video, uh, not by Rebel News, by some other independent lady who is uh, some kind of an Asian independent journalist, who she happens to, it's a nighttime video, she happens to encounter Klaus Schwab. 
huh. who is the head of the World Economic Forum. And you can tell she's just like a little Asian lady, right? Like just based on her voice. And of course, Asian women tend to be fairly small. Mm-hmm. And uh, she seems to be all alone in like this back alley or wherever it is that she encounters Klaus Schwab and, and a few of his uh, security agents. And she does get uh, Schwab at first appears to blow her off. Then he turns around and asks, what media are you with? And as soon as she says, I'm an independent reporter, he walks away. He immediately like blows her off. I forget exactly what he said. He says something like, oh, blah, you know, like because he doesn't have any control there. Right. These guys have these guys have tentacles at the bigs at CNN, oh, at yeah. Fox, you know, if MSNBC, it was a big they, mainstream media, he yeah. would have given her 30 seconds yeah. or a minute that, or whatever. That's, he, he is able to curate the news at those places with this lady. There's no way for him to do that. No. And in fact, the uh, the mainstream media has been issuing reports about the World Economic forum just doing the the t- standard quote-unquote fact checking yep. where oh the conspiracy theorists say this and that and the world economic forum doesn't want to rule your life or anything you know like you that. can you can take the you know whenever the the you know mass media is is, is doing those fact checking things you can know that what you're hearing is probably the truth if the mass media is saying it's not the mm-hmm. truth it's probably the truth yeah, absolutely uh, so, of course, you know, I don't know if they're streaming this. I know that in the past they have, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's a live stream of the actual, at least some of the content of the World Economic Forum. And it's it's it was interesting last year watching some of the clips from that because they're just coming right out mm-hmm. and admitting yep. the kind of things that they want to do. Pulling it's, no punches. Right. It's not a secret anymore. And what's that, like, how, how brazen do you have to be to say things like, you'll own nothing and you'll like it, or mm-hmm. whatever that guy said. That's what said. they said. That was 2016, and, I think. Yeah, that. and that that same guy, I think it was that same guy, has said a whole bunch of other really creepy, bad stuff in the past. Like his his laundry list of quotables oh, yeah. is, is really, really off the wall. And you know, I think he might have been the source of the the uh, the cricket diet too, or something like that. Whatever that they're pushing that. Yeah. yeah, the World Economic Forum is absolutely pushing bug eating for sure. It's one of their things. Another thing that they're pushing this year, according to ReclaimTheNet.org, in a story posted a few days ago, the World Economic Forum is now declaring, quote-unquote, misinformation as a top global risk. They published a report just before their annual meeting citing misinformation and disinformation among top global so-called risks in a report covering the period of the next two years and of the next decade. These days, the poorly, if at all, defined concepts of misinformation and disinformation are often used by governments and social media they influence simply as a one-size-fits-all excuse to censor information and stifle free speech, which, of course, is exactly what we've been seeing in these uh, Twitter files, uh, which have you been following those? Uh, yes. It's, it's gotten so it's there's so much content. I've just been like, OK, well, I've seen enough at this point. Yeah, like, th- and that's kind of where I, I, I stopped looking at it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they've kept doing it or they not. They keep but doing it. It's, it's been not necessary for me to look at it yeah. anymore. Like, I know. I know. We knew what we, we already this, you know? knew. But yeah. this is the confirmation yeah. of what everybody was believing. Uh, you know, will it result in criminal charges for anybody? No, of course not. I don't think so. No. I don't well, think so. I mean, so. they weren't. Arguably, from their perspective, they weren't doing anything illegal, right? Like, it's not illegal to have an FBI agent come to your company, 
have a meeting with you if that's what you want to do. You want to talk to him. I don't recommend you do, but if you want to sit down and talk to him, and then the FBI agent says, "Hey, we think you should. You, you're. We've read your company policies, and we think that these people are violating your company policies. We're just going to give you a list of people that we think are violating your rules, and we think you should do something about it because you know we're the government." And it's not the same thing as them but being no, they ordered. had they had employees who were FBI agents, though. Sure, that's true. And if yeah. that's the case, and they're former dictating FBI. policy, former, <laughs> right? I, I'm sure they had very current FBI Could employees be. working in that censorship factory. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, and it appears that it is, that's a clear violation of the First Amendment. I don't know. I uh, I mean, I don't want to de- defend the FBI here. I'm just kind of looking at it from a, a legalistic perspective. I'm not a lawyer. If this there's legal government advice. employees shutting down free speech, that is exactly what the purpose of the First Amendment is. You know, the argument, their argument would be this isn't free speech. It's a private platform, right? So Twitter can, Twitter has rules. You can't just go on there and say anything you want to. Is it a private platform if the government has a vested interest in it? And That's is- a strong argument. Yeah, and they were paying them. And they were paying them. There was some sort of, I don't know if it was per whatever or just here's some money, we like you. I'm not I don't know what all the details were on the millions if of dollars. If that were a, if that were a private person pulling that stuff, it would be immediate immediate legal action against that person, a criminal legal action against that person. Mm. There'd be no question about it. Yeah, I that's that's a good point. I, in this case, the Justice Department is the ones that would have to bring the legal action, so clearly they're right. not going to bring legal action against uh, and, their own And my guys. point there is government doesn't work. People got to stop believing it. It's never going to yeah. work. It's never going to happen. You can just give up on it and think of a different philosophy because the one that involves government helping you is not the one that's real. No doubt. The number, if you want to join the show here, it's 603-283-6160. Of course, the World Economic Forum is pushing the opposite view. They're pushing the view that the government is here to help and that they're going to help mm-hmm. get rid of misinformation and disinformation yeah. with the help of all their buddies in the uh, social media world, the big tech world. I don't know if you heard anything about the conservative drama that's going on today. There's no. more conservative infighting uh, happening oh, over uh, this guy, Stephen Crowder. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's he's released at least portions of a contract that he was given by a conservative media company, and uh, the, a bunch of conservatives are mad at him for telling the truth about what was going on behind the scenes and what the offer was that was put on the table. We can talk huh. about that coming up here in moments. You can also share your thoughts with us here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Pork Fest. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. 
It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open, and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And it's Ian and Matt here in the studio tonight. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the various features that we have waiting for you there. If you want to help me out a little bit, if you appreciate the work that I've done over the years, you can write a letter to the judge in the Crypto 6 case. You may have heard that I was found guilty on all eight completely victimless uh, charges in federal court last month. It's been actually almost a month since that happened at this point. Uh, My sentencing date is going to be in April. It'll be April 14th. And we need to get some letters uh, collected well before that date. I'm not sure what the deadline is for this, but if you want to write one, then doing it sooner rather than later. Thank you for the roughly, I think, two dozen or so letters that I've received so far. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, thank you to everybody. It's been really uh, you know, humbling to, of course, read how you've affected somebody, right? Like to, to read the positive influence that you might have had on, on people's lives. So thank you to everybody that's taken the time to do that. Hopefully it will make a difference. Uh, you can get all the details on how to write that letter. I mean, I don't tell you exactly how, but like you want to include information about yourself, your history. Maybe you were in the military or something like that, or you've you know worked for the government. Obviously that helps to have that, that particular perspective. You don't want to spend time talking trash about the prosecutors or you know the the fbi or whatever it's not the place uh, for that kind of thing just focus on how i have helped you how i have helped the community uh, those would be the the ideal things to focus on in these and uh, include your contact information so the judge could in theory reach out to you if he has some questions for you uh, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com to get the details on how to do that that's letters.freetalklive.com. The mailing address is there as well. Uh, we're talking about the World Economic Forum. Their meeting is going on as we speak in Davos. Big corporate executives, big government goons, politician types, they're all there. Yeah, you know, I was thinking, one one thought I had about that is you're talking about this guy from Pfizer, this Pfizer hotshot, the CEO. The CEO, yeah. He's the boss. He's the big boss. He was in on whatever there was to be in on, yeah, for sure. And, and he uh, sounds you know, like a thug. He sounds like a toad. Mm-hmm. For one thing, yeah, that's one thing I want to say, too. Every time, you know, Henry Kissinger, all these evil old dudes always sound like toads. Like, yeah. have a nice day. Yeah. You know, like, why do you, why do you, you know, not like Major Payne. Major Payne sounds like a guy who's been through the ringer and came out alive and well on the other side these guys sound like they are just absolute darth type yeah, they're, you know, bad. they're sith, bad sith lords bad guys and the other thing i want to say is when it comes to these people you know my whole cooking career people you know my my waitresses would come into the kitchen they'd be like oh my god so and so's here you know somebody famous would walk mm-hmm. through and i'm like i i never would have spotted up <laughs> You know, sure. I, don't, I know don't know these people. Adam. I'm so detached from that. And I'm, I would never know who I could walk down the street right next to the, the CEO of Pfizer and have yeah. no idea who I was standing next to. Sure. So maybe it's a good idea. And I know I'm not the only libertarian that detaches themselves from that reality because it's just disgusting and I don't want to be anywhere near it. But maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe it's a good idea to learn the faces of these people. So, you know, them when you see them and, you know, walking down the street at some point. Yeah, it would still be hard. Like, even if you knew what this guy looked like, he just looks like some dude, you know? It's, he's not someone you're going to be intimately familiar with, even if you've seen his... Like, I've seen his picture before, but, 
you would really have to study him, I think, to be able to pick him out of a crowd or yeah, something maybe. like that. Uh, but let's go to your phone calls. we got more to say about the World Economic Forum. Uh, let's talk to Major Payne in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Well, it's good to know I'm not a toad, though I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember getting kissed by the princess. Hey, Major. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? <laughs> so... Um, He's not quite a politician, but he's definitely a libtard mouthpiece. Old Alec Baldwin is up on charges. They're charging mm. him with manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard uh, he might be facing all of 18 months in prison. I think that, that, that's minimum in New Mexico. He could be facing up to five years. Okay. Well, I'm facing 20 for, <laughs> for selling Bitcoin without a government permission oh, slip. Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the redundancy does not uh, you know, go over my head. Yeah. But uh, the other little news blip I got for you is uh, not only the oldest woman in the world, but the oldest nun ever has died in France at the age of 118. Wow, wow. that is old. She missed making 119 by only a couple, three weeks. She was born in uh, February of '04. Wow, that's amazing. So what do you think about this uh, Alec Baldwin thing, Major? Well, I think he's a damn fool, and he didn't know what he was doing. He pulled back the hammer, let it slip out of his son, and killed the broad. He never should have been named the gun hunter. They never should have had hot rounds on the set. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of never should have right there. Yep. And I can't believe his ass ain't been cooked already, quite frankly. And uh, I, yeah, I, I want to know what took so long. What was it, two years ago or a year and a half? It was a, a while Feels back. like a while. They've been investigating it for a year. I just heard about it this morning. What was there to investigate? Like, how how deep of an investigation did that really have to be? Alec Baldwin Baldwin pointed a gun at somebody. One way or another, it discharged, Mm -hmm. and they are dead. End of investigation. Let's just look at IQ factors. This is Sarah's home state. Oh, it actually happened in in, uh, New Mexico? New Mexico. Oh, Yeah, it happened in New Mexico. They were filming the movie Rust, mm. low-budget western. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I've never, I've never liked that guy or his politics, or the way he stacks three soap boxes up and uses them to, you know, his best effect. Sure, I've never <laughs> thought anybody in the family was a very good actor, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything no, out no, of they, any of those that just, you know, they, got to they me. They were B plus at best, mm-hmm. and I think there was like four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a bunch. Thanks, Major, for bringing that uh, to the table tonight. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, that's definitely in the news uh, today. If you want to weigh in here, you're welcome to join us. Let's go to the phone's caller. You are on the air on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, it's Dave in New Mexico. No, I'm just kidding. It's Olivia in Arizona. Hey, (laughs) Olivia. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, man. Well, I have several things to talk about. I really called to talk about an advertisement. It's actually a quote about advertisements. I love your new format. Like, the less ads has been so awesome. Um, and I'm not even a person who hates ads. Like, they're not that bad. I, I find out about new things that I'm interested in. I, I kind of try to get, I, I actually majored in marketing, so I mm-hmm. guess to me it's slightly interesting to see, like, to learn about writing copy and, like, hey, does this does this hit home for me? Would I buy this? You know, what are people's ideas? Because I always wanted to start a business. So I kind of approach it, I guess, from more of a, like a academic standpoint. So, but when it's just constantly every 15 minutes, it gets old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but one one place I think does advertisements really well is Instagram. Like I like the things that they tend to focus on advertising. 
Uh, I've I've seen some really cool stuff. I've bought things from advertising on Instagram. Um, I'm not familiar. I have not been on that platform for some number of years. What is it that they do regarding advertising that is so effective? I don't know. I think that they just know what you like and what you're kind of into, and they'll recommend things. So, like, they'll recommend jewelry that's, like, really cute or, like, a cute T-shirt or... Um, I don't know things, different things like that. Even mm-hmm. the even the vacation ads, like I can't afford a vacation, but it's kind of nice to see other people enjoying them. So that's okay. Like <laughs> just it's eye candy, I guess. So you're not I of the opinion because there's been some discussion on Free Talk Live in recent weeks uh, regarding you know the state of advertising. Is it something that is effective still? We're barraged constantly with advertisements more so now than ever before uh on the internet you know it used to be you just hear it on television and radio but now we're in front of screens uh, a lot we're getting even more ads there is it overkill is it killing the effectiveness of advertising you're saying you think some of it's still pretty effective well i think it depends on what it is if, if it's a if it's a creative ad with heart even a radio ad like sometimes in my head i will still hear the quantum vibe I don't know why. And I ended up reading that comic online, and it was actually pretty cool. And I'll tell you another instance. Um, You've heard of the avocados from Mexico uh, ads. Have y'all heard those? I've not heard those ads, but I will say the best damn avocados I've had are from Mexico. Uh, We've tried some of the South American ones, and they're just not up to par. (laughs) (laughs) One day I was shopping for, for avocados, and I had that avocados from mexico ads stuck in my head and there's mm. this black lady who's also shopping for avocados and she started singing, singing it, like, this right next to <laughs> <laughs> amazing you know, you're, you're talking about this and I'll, i'm gonna give a free plug to a pizzeria in binghamton new york right now seven nine seven nine nine six oh call bros eddie's for pizza uh. to go i'll never <laughs> i grew up with it and i'll never get it out of my head are they still open Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're one of the first pizzerias in America to deliver. I'm telling you, jingles are very effective. Big they, time. They get in your head for sure. There's no doubt about that. I, I saw an ad today that really made me upset, though, and it was about manatees in Florida. They, if you go uh, to Crystal River, you can swim with the manatees, and I actually hmm. got to do that a few years ago. It was kind of a life-changing experience. It was just so neat because you, you see them on TV, but like to be in the water next to them hmm. was really cool. And this ad was saying, oh, we need to get regulators to stop this. People are exploiting and abusing the manatees. And I was like, who writes this stuff? I have been in, like, when you go on the tour, they have to cut the propeller off way before you even get anywhere close to the manatees. Because mm-hmm. number one, it could enter them. Number two, it'll right. tear them off. Um, and they told us, like, do not try to swim towards them. Basically, you lay in the water, you float in the water, and you play dead and they'll get curious and come up to you but you cannot approach them you cannot Hmm. splash you cannot do any of that stuff just lay there in the water and and they did they're like curious friendly creatures and so this ad was just so ridiculous and in the ad that they had put on there they actually said and this is what i think was really the real issue oh homeowners uh they're tired of seeing all these tour boats. And I'm like, I think that's what it's about. It's not about protecting manatees. Cause like you, like if you move too fast, they will all like leave. Cause they're, they're not about that, but it was just so off putting. It's just these pe- crazy people in Florida always want to regulate. Well, I mean, those people are thing. everywhere. 
<laughs> they're absolutely everywhere. But thank you for the feedback, the positive feedback. I think everybody has oh. been enjoying the new uh, show format here with way fewer uh, advertisement interruptions. In fact, we don't even have any paying advertisers right now. Your your local radio station probably does. If you're listening on the radio, I'm sure you're hearing something. But uh, we don't have anything to talk about, so I'm fine with that. Can I say one other thing yeah. about uh, your letters? I will be writing a letter to the judge, and I have experience in it. I'll, I'll send it to you to proofread it first, but... Okay. Um, I've experienced this because I just uh, a few months ago I wrote a parole recommendation letter for my cousin who's in prison. He's a nonviolent, victimless criminal. Mm. Uh, he's in for drug possession. He's one of the most gentlest, coolest people. Like he always makes me laugh, even from prison. He calls every day, and uh, he's up for parole. So keep him in your positive vibes and prayers. Sure thing. Um, Thanks, Olivia. I really do appreciate it. And uh, and of course, listeners that appreciate the, the new format with way fewer ads on Free Talk Live. Uh, like I said, I, I don't care if we never have another live advertiser on Free Talk Live. As long as we can get the cost of running this thing uh, covered, which is not the case right now, but uh, you know, it could be. And we have the way of doing that, which is, of course, the AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com. Listeners can contribute as little as five bucks a month, which is like... I mean, that doesn't even buy you a cup of coffee these days. It used to, but not anymore. Uh, but that's, you know, we're not raising the rates or anything like that. It's just that's what we're asking for. And uh, we got about 100 and change people that are doing it. It would be nice if we had like 300 people doing it. So thank you, uh, Olivia. I appreciate the call and the thoughts tonight. Uh, and the number here is 603-283-6160. If you want to contribute to the AMPS program, it stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. Free Talk Live, you go to amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you over to our Patreon and that is where you can get signed up using your debit card, your credit card, your PayPal account, just like Dan Harges has done. Dan is a silver level supporter, which means he's doing the five bucks a month uh, that we ask for. You do get some perks, by the way, for doing this. You get access to the AMP only podcast, which has the full radio show without any recorded ads uh, included in it and our appreciation so thank you for that uh let's continue here to more of your calls you're on free talk live uh is this Gigi? yes sir good evening hey Gigi, you're on the air go ahead hi everybody i hope you are all in good health today thank you you yes. too i love when olivia calls yeah it's been too long when the major calls because he's a military history buff like me and mm-hmm. i i like that in the callers so Knowing how much you all value current events like me and our news junkies like me, (laughs) here is a question for all of you people listening, my fellow listeners. I won't say citizens. (laughs) I know that's a touchy word. So here's a good question. My husband and I were both talking about this prior to my calling. Is it constitutionally permitted, mandated, or is it simply custom that a former vice president hand over documents, correspondence, materials, etc., to the Department of Justice at the time he or she will leave office? What is the correct answer, listeners? I don't really have any idea. Yeah, what do you think, Gigi? I don't either. Do you really want me to play teacher right now? Yes. yes. Or should I? Or should I? I would imagine he's not allowed to have them in his possession, but he does. 
and I well, just don't know what the... It's not necessarily something legally mandated. Just like when many people were going ballistic, why didn't President Trump hand over his tax returns? Mm. Well, it's not legally mandated. President Gerald Ford chose not to either. So just because it's not legally mandated don't mean it ain't kosher. It's just custom. And if someone doesn't want to, why should they be forced? A libertarian would concur. For sure. Right? Okay. So was former president, excuse me, former vice president Joseph Biden, was he legally mandated to hand over documents prior or at time of his departure? Well, those aren't his property. Those, those, those documents are property of the United States government. They're not that his. That is correct. But that owner, ownership of property doesn't necessarily equate to it's legally mandated. Just because you get a letter from the Department of Justice that says, hand it over, it don't mean that it's legally mandated, or does it? Where in the Constitution does it dictate that a former vice president at time of departure by a specified date must hand over any and all I suspect that is not dictated at all in the Constitution. Yeah, I, I bet that's not in the Constitution at all or anything like there it, but I bet know. it is somewhere else boys, in a body of law somewhere. Boys, you both earn an A-plus tonight. <laughs> and well, I'm proud of you. Yeah, and the, and the fact is nothing is going to be done to him over this. I mean, they haven't even done anything to Trump over uh, that situation. Remember when Trump's house was raided oh, yes. in 2022? And do you think it was kosher that they raided his house with a warrant? No, I mean, I'm. I don't think it's generally kosher to, uh, you know, do a, a you know no knock raid or or even if they were knocking in that particular case uh, against somebody who is nonviolent, you know. Although you could argue Trump is as violent as any other president because he sent people to war, but that's another story. Good point. I like the way you clarified that. I mean, I don't feel so another bad a- about the government I tearing its. If, if I you had written that in an essay for one of my classes in history or poli-sci, you would have scored an A-plus. Well, I, and i got to say this. I don't feel bad. It, like, it doesn't make a tear come to my eye to see the government targeting their own people. Uh, I, go oh, ahead. Tear yourself apart. and long overdue. Yeah, but the thing is, it's. I don't think it's going to come to anything. I mean, it hasn't yet. Maybe it will. Maybe they will file charges against Trump uh, eventually. Thought. Yeah, go ahead. And please, I would like to know your opinions and any and all listeners as well, because this is also important for me. I'm curious to know how people feel about this. It's all over the news today mm-hmm. that the United States Supreme Court could not find the responsible party or parties, plural, who leaked ahead of time how Roe versus Wade was going to be turned over. Interesting. Okay. Do you feel that it's long overdue, ladies and gentlemen, that the U.S. Supreme Court should be obligated to uphold various enumerated ethical standards? After all, they are all jurists. I'm not sure what you're Why referring to. shouldn't they be held to the same standards as any other lawyer or judge? What would that mean in this in this circumstance? I'm not clear on what you're saying. Should there be standards, guidelines, 
ethical standards like every bar association has in a federal territory and United States. You're talking about pertaining to the handling of, behavior, of documents and things like that? like behavior of a jurist. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that they, you know, it depends on who leaked the documents. I mean, I'm sure Clarence Thomas didn't leak the documents. They so were I, saying it was that for sure, do you? Well, you don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't I don't know, but it could have been a law clerk. It could have been That's what I think it could have been, been some little mole, people. you know. Who knows who it was or how many were involved? We'll never know. But should there be mandated guidelines regarding behavior, ethical standards or all of the above? governing Supreme Court. I don't think it would matter. Why I mean, I, the hell not? I, I, here, here's why. I, I don't think it would matter. You can set all the guidelines you want to, but we know that the government people are free to ignore their guidelines at any time because mm-hmm. they would have to punish themselves in order to adhere no, to them, correct. and they don't do I that. I agree with you, and therein lies the whole... What's the, what's a good word? The whole hypocrisy of it, right? Well, and the only solution, and thank you, Gigi, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The only solution that's going to work is to completely end this experiment. This federal government is a total failure, and it cannot be changed. You can elect all of the different people you want to. And it will never change anything. Of course, people never do. They always keep reelecting the incumbents. But even if you do elect someone new, they are just seeking power. They're the kind of person that just wants power for themselves so they can reward their friends. Right. It's not a failure at all. Enemies. It's a raging success. That's it how a, it works. It is a raging success. It, the, the government is just, you have to face the fact that the, the federal government is not there to do what it tells you it's there to no. do. It's there to serve itself and its own. It's buddies. And it is an absolute raging success, possibly the, the best per capita ever in the history of the earth. The United States government is the best at serving itself. Yeah, that's what serve and protect means. It's serve themselves with your wealth that you have created and protect themselves yeah. with your wealth mm-hmm. from any kind of jeopardy from any kind of jeopardy to the system whether that be going after people for uh developing bitcoin and yeah. alternatives to uh, you know like cryptocurrency and that sort of thing or going after people just criticizing the government their biggest threats are in their eyes are us normies mm-hmm us poor people or us average people are the threats to them. They wouldn't need protection, at which point they would just, you know, if they could get rid of us, then they could just off all the cops that are protecting them, too, because they don't need those anymore because they're just more underlings to them. Well, and maybe that's one of the things they're discussing at the World Economic Forum, uh, which is going on right now. This is the place for the big this is the place for the mega corporation CEOs, the mm-hmm. Pfizer's and the, the Walmart's and these types of the people. Bankers. The bankers, for sure. Uh, the central bankers. Mm-hmm. Central the, bankers are the running this show. Big government politicians, the most influential people on the planet are in Davos this week for this uh, forum where they're talking about all kinds of ways to control people. World Economic Forum isn't about freedom it isn't about allowing people to make their own choices it's about restricting the number of choices that people can have and essentially turning this into as i think alex jones would have said a prison planet right that's what these people are all about Mm -hmm. now you know are they all depopulationists i don't know but some of them probably are and uh, there's a little bit more here to share about this. I'm sure there's a lot more to share about the World Economic Forum. If you want to call in and join us here, you're welcome to. Maybe you've been watching it closer than I have. I've been not, not been watching it closely. There's, I believe there's a live stream of this thing. 
And so we're going to see some interesting clips. I have a out. feeling there's probably a lot of breakout rooms that aren't recorded. I and there's probably right. a lot of secret pri- meetings, secret meetings yeah. that are not, you know, probably meetings that are secret even amongst themselves. Yeah, the main track with the video is where they tell you the things they're ready to tell you. Right. Uh, but they're also targeting misinformation, so-called, and disinformation. They're saying this is a global risk. Let's translate. Freedom of speech is a risk, according to these people. That's what they don't mm-hmm. like. They don't like any information that is contrary to what they are putting out there. Government Fish. is a religion. They are the government. They are going to tell you what the gospel is. We have open phones here. This is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. If you're new to watching us online, uh, pilled.net, also apparently known as the foxhole for some reason. Somebody can call and explain that to me. I don't know what that means. Uh, but we're there now. There's more coming up here. Hour two is on the way. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the show. Phones are open and you can bring up anything you want. Maybe you want to weigh in on what's going on at the World Economic Forum. Their meeting has been going on throughout this week. I think it continues through tomorrow. And uh, they are plotting who knows what. They're plotting some things openly and probably many things not so openly. If you want to weigh in on that, you can bring up absolutely anything you want here as well. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I have a story that I mentioned to you last week, Matt. Uh, by the way, it's Ian and Matt here tonight that uh, I wanted to share because you are you're definitely somebody who pays attention to the news when it comes to the world of guns mm-hmm. and gun freedom here in the United States. And this one is coming from thefederalist.com. Court to ATF gun grabbers, bump stocks aren't machine guns, and you don't make the rules. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's the summary here. It's the Cargill decision. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the ATF, lacks the authority to declare non-mechanical bump stocks as so-called machine guns, according to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals this, uh, I guess, within the last couple of weeks. Yep. The decision, Cargill versus Garland, is the latest example of the court's foiling attempts by the federal bureaucracy to exercise the legislative power that the Constitution vests with Congress, but until the Supreme Court's separation of powers jurisprudence catches up with a runaway administrative state the Cargill victory holds limited import. On October 1st, 2017, a gunman murdered more than 50 innocent people in Las Vegas, injuring another 500. The murderer used several weapons, many of which had bump stocks attached. A bump stock, as the court in Cargill explained, quote, is a firearm attachment that allows a shooter to harness the natural recoil of a semi-automatic weapon to quickly re-engage the trigger after firing, enabling him to shoot at an increased rate of speed, meaning... Faster than you would presumably be able to pull the trigger on your own volition. It, it increases the rate beyond that. Um, and as somebody who's not even uh, near as much of a you know, fanatic as you, Matt, but I have, I've had my time spending, yeah, so I've been at the range here and there. 
Uh, and you don't even need a bump stock to achieve this. You can simply do it if you've got a rifle, for instance. Mm-hmm. You can simply pull the rifle forward as you hold your finger and the trigger in one place, and it will provide the exact same effect, won't it? Yeah, another way yeah. to, you know, that that's tricky to do that, but it's possible. Yeah. And the, the, the best way I know to do it, other than a bump stock, is just stick your thumb through your belt loop and hook it through the... You know, hook your finger through the trigger and pull forward on the yeah. gun, and it'll do, do have the just same. Just keeps firing effect. until you stop pulling forward. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's only bumping your finger off the trigger. It's called. That's right. why the the bump stock kind of does it for you. But uh, the whole that whole Las Vegas shooting thing was there's. I'm gonna be the conspiracy theorist on that one. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. That was real shaky. Like you know what we're told that guy did, and oh, there was a bump stock there. Oh, uh-huh. really? Was there? A bump stock. That's funny because I heard an M249 shooting. Yeah, and a lot uh, faster than a bump well, stock would fire. And a, right? And a, well, not it's not wasn't the speed of the of the firing. It was more the meter of the like the mm. you know not how fast it was going, but the the rhythm at which it was going mm. was familiar. You know, and it almost sounded like there was two of them. But uh, and you know, and that would make a lot more sense. And how do they? You know, those windows on those buildings are like two inches thick and they weigh thousands of pounds and it's just not something that's there was a lot of really shady stuff about that i don't think it happened the way we're told it happened at all and um how we got you know past security with all that stuff it's las vegas they have more literally more security more cameras in las vegas per square mile than like the pentagon yeah (laughs) so it's like yeah, yeah. None of that makes makes any sense to me. But yeah, as far as the the, the court findings going going recently, the, the latest one is they're going after, uh, uh, what do you call them? Arm braces. Oh, the, the arm braces. The latest one. So the ATF is a, this the thing that turns a pistol into something that's not uh, looks a little larger than a pistol or whatever. Turns it into a quote unquote machine gun or whatever. Turns it into a short barrel rifle, they're uh-huh. saying now. Before it was just a pistol, an AR pistol. Yeah. With a, a brace on it to put on your arm so you could shoot it with one hand, like you would shoot a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really designed for uh, returning Iraq war veterans who had lost limbs and still wanted to shoot their their AR pistols. They just hmm. couldn't hold it up with the other hand, so they put a, a, a device on the end where the stock would normally go, um, where you're not allowed to have a stock on an AR pistol because then it would turn into a short barrel rifle. The ATF has allowed these things to be sold for 10 years or more, and there's millions of them out there. And now they're suddenly saying, nope, sorry, those are all short barrel rifles. We were wrong, so turn them all in. Or, what is that? Is a short build rifle prohibited or something? Yes, short build rifle is a, is a class uh, class three uh, weapon. Okay, so you need to have a special background check, and you gotta you know leave it at the gun shop for a year before they finally get back to you. you gotta have passport photos taken and special you know pay a special fee for a tax stamp in order to have it is that because a short barreled rifle is more concealable and no, that's bad there's or literally no solid there's no reason no 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 solid reason mm-hmm. why a short barrel rifle should be con- a controlled item in the first place uh, and that goes for machine guns too there's no reason a machine gun should be a controlled item we're used yeah. to that being a reality but it wasn't always a reality in the united right. states and uh, and in fact, it was Bonnie and Clyde uh, uh, paired with all the mafia stuff that was going on in the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. basically swarming around prohibition. 
that was causing some organized crime and, and things like that to happen, um, where the ATF had to come into being in the first place to control these dangerous things. So, you know, um, they're really, you know, I mean, I remember driving through Endicott, New York in, you know, night in the 90s and hearing Tommy guns being fired full wow. auto. There's just kids in the backyard with an old Tommy gun. And the mm-hmm. thing is, Tommy guns were made at IBM back then. So no there's kidding. still a number of Tommy guns floating around backyards mm-hmm. in Endicott, New York, that are absolutely illegal. And they will go to prison for having them. Didn't but, they used to just sell them in a Sears catalog? Yeah, you could order stuff. You could order a yeah. Maxim. You could order a, a, a Max, a full, you know, a, a, a squad served full on machine gun, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> something you have to put on a, a tripod in order to operate through a Sears catalog. Yeah. Wow, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Right. Hopefully, we'll get back to those good old days. And uh, the sentiment yeah, inside maybe in the, New Hampshire, but uh, in an, in an independent New Hampshire, you might have a chance of that. You might, and you, the way things are going, here's the thing: the 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 Supreme Court is getting really fed up with the lack of compliance from the ATF and them beating around the bushes. And it looks like even some of the lefties on the Supreme Court are getting a little haggard about being sloughed off really? by the by the atf um yeah the the mood is is strange and um you know it's a right-leaning supreme court as it is mm-hmm. but even the lefties are starting to say hmm, you know their huh. their attitudes seem to be you know why are we being ignored and the reality is the supreme court can only issue an opinion mm-hmm. and that opinion doesn't have to be followed no once they issue that opinion it sets you up really well if you get caught with something like that to file a lawsuit against the ATF. Mm-hmm. But the Supreme Court can't just take down the ATF. They can't make the no. ATF cease to exist. Too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad. nice. Yep. Uh, so here's more of the story, this Cargill case. So less than two weeks after the Vegas massacre, two bills prohibiting bump stocks were proposed in Congress. But before Congress could act on the legislation, the ATF published Notice of Proposed Rulemaking stating the ATF intended to, quote, reverse its previous interpretation that non-mechanical bump stocks are not machine guns for purposes of the National Firearms Act and Gun Control Act. So they had an opinion, and then they changed their opinion, is what they said. (laughs) National Firearms Act and Gun Control Act make it a crime to transfer or possess a machine gun and define a machine gun to mean, quote, any weapon which shoots, is designed to shoot, or can be readily restored to shoot automatically more than one shot without manual reloading by a single function of the trigger, unquote. The definition also includes any part intended for use, quote, in converting a weapon into a machine gun, unquote, which is why we've talked previously when you been here matt about these uh little pieces of metal that were being sold lightning links lightning links which are like the size of apparently like i don't know a can of soda the tab or something like that think think of like uh the average you know die that would come with a game of monopoly Mm -hmm. you know some of them are really small you know maybe a couple of die in size and you put this thing into a gun of some some you know semi-automatic sort and it can convert it ostensibly into an automatic basically uh, weapon and so they were calling and still are as i understand it calling these little pieces of metal quote-unquote machine guns right yes a lightning link legally is a machine gun itself that's how insane it's loony these people are well don't forget about the guy that uh the guy with the youtube channel i showed you there he he was selling making artwork yeah he was selling little credit card sized sheets of metal with with you know uh drawings on them Mm -hmm. of where you might 
you cut, could cut into the metal. Yeah. And when you made those cuts, you would have a lightning link. If you wanted to commit a felony. If you want to commit right? a felony. But in the meantime, these are, you know, twelve ninety five, order as many as you like. But they said <laughs> they said, Okay, well this isn't a lightning link, but it could be a but lightning could link. Be, so, so therefore they prosecuted him. Yeah, they prosecuted him and uh I mean he's still making YouTube videos on a fairly regular basis. And Has he gone the, to court yet or is no, it still I, pending? I'm not sure what where that stands, but he's on the warpath still. Mm-hmm. He's making uh He's he's preaching hard these yeah, days. That's a free speech issue right there. Yeah, CRS Firearms is that guy's channel. Okay. I think. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what the latest is on that yeah. case because that's an outrageous uh, free speech that's violation. Absurd. That's it's it. absurd. This guy's making artwork, mm-hmm. and they're saying that's illegal. Well, it wouldn't surprise me because you know my case was a free speech case, but yep. pff, that didn't matter to the jury. Nope. Bump stocks were first invented in the early 2000s, soon after the ATF concluded that mechanical bump stocks qualify as machine guns under the National Firearms Act, but that non-mechanical bump stocks, which require the shooter to apply constant forward pressure with the non-shooting hand, this is what we were talking about earlier, where you can just pull the gun forward, essentially, and just keep your fingers steady, and then it'll just keep firing, uh, to apply constant forward pressure with the non-shooting hand and constant rearward pressure with the shooting hand, we're not illegal machine guns. This was in the early 2000s. They made that determination. But following the Vegas shooting, the ATF purported to modify the definition of machine gun and stated that the statutory term machine gun includes bump stock type devices. After the ATF published its final rule redefining machine guns in 2018, Michael Cargill, who had lawfully acquired two non-mechanical bump stocks, surrendered them to the ATF and then filed suit against the ATF. In his lawsuit, Cargill argued the ATF lacked authority to, quote, promulgate the final rule because its interpretation of machine gun conflicts with the unambiguous statutory definition. Among other arguments, Cargill also asserted that by defining a non-mechanical bump stock as a machine gun, the ATF unconstitutionally exercised Congress's legislative power. So basically, the ATF didn't wait for Congress to make a decision about this. They just said, well, we'll just do this on our own. And they did that. Mm-hmm. There's another very interesting case coming up that I heard about earlier this week, and uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one. Get this. Some young kid, early 20s, decided that he wanted to build his AR-15 into an M-16. He wanted to make it fully automatic. It's illegal. Okay. Uh, but that that didn't stop him from applying for the stamp to the ATF okay. so that they would deny him. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a case that he's bringing against the ATF for prohibiting him from having his full battery of gun rights because he wants to. Now this brings into the question, what level of control does the ATF really have over stuff like that in light of the recent decisions against, you know, not being allowed to have parts Mm -hmm. and not being, you know, you're not allowed to have certain parts and stuff like that. So, uh. This should be a pretty interesting. I, I love that this kid, like he's he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. He knew what the answer was going to be, but he applied for the stamp, knowing it was going to get denied, so that he could take them to court. Does I he have an, a lawyer? Or is he doing yeah. it himself? No, nope. okay. it's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a lawyered up thing. Hmm. He planned this out pretty good, though. Yes, uh, the federal court rejected Cargill's claims following a one-day trial on appeal. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals held the ATF properly classified the non-mechanical bump stocks as machine guns. Cargill then sought review by the full Court of Appeals, and on Friday, the majority of the 16, or a recent Friday, uh, the majority of the 16 members in the en banc Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed, 
holding the federal statutory definition of machine guns, quote, unambiguously fails to cover non-mechanical bump stocks, unquote, and that to criminalize such bump stocks, Congress must ask act legislatively, which I presume they have not done. Nope. In striking the ATF's rule, and by the way, this Cargill guy looks familiar. I think he had a shop in Austin at one time. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I've seen him at like the Texas Bitcoin conference. Oh, yeah? I think this guy had a, one of the first Bitcoin vending machines in Texas at his gun, gun Shut store. Shut up. You I, know this guy? He looks very familiar. I haven't seen his face, and I wouldn't know him anyway, but that's funny that you do. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he, I, I, I'm pretty sure it says it says he's from Central Texas. Because this is a big name. That case is a big deal. Yeah. It's been, uh, in the gun world, that, that name Cargill's a, a he's big He's a big, big black deal. dude, and he's fairly recognizable. No kidding. So, yeah, no kidding. pretty sure You know, our, our, uh, our, our good friend Lauren and his company, Polymer 80, uh, joined the big suit against... Uh, making your own you know what the atf says you're not you're not allowed to make your own uh they're not allowed to sell kits anymore so mm. polymer 80 has joined that case good in the last week or two so that's another one to watch there's so much ian going on yeah. in, in the in the gun world right now it is everybody in the gun world is fully aware at this point that they are literally trying to disarm it's not it's not a uh a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. the atf is an awful organization full of awful people most people are realizing that the that the FBI is right there with them also awful the FBI is has less trust in the gun world than it ever has before mm. and um i think that's pretty much spreading people who were once you know wary about government are now full on asking why do we need them again man i wish that was the case in my in my trial yeah. but apparently none of those people made it on the jury in striking the ATF's rule, the non-mechanical bump stocks qualified as machine guns. The Fifth Circuit focused on the statutory language Congress used in the National Firearms Act and Gun Control Act to define machine gun and the mode of operation of a non-mechanical bump stock. Specifically, the court stressed that to qualify as a machine gun under the statute, the weapon must shoot automatically more than one shot by a single function of the trigger. But because a semi-automatic rifle equipped with a non-mechanical bump stock only fires one shot each time the trigger functions... The Fifth Circuit concluded it did not qualify under the statute as a machine gun. That's a great point, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, it's a pretty clear distinction. Machine gun means you hold the trigger down and yep. it keeps firing. Yep. A semi-automatic weapon will not do that. You can you can tape that trigger down on a semi-automatic weapon and it's just going to fire once. Yep. Right? Uh, the bump stock is not... It does not turn it into a machine gun. It just simply no. increases the potential rate of fire beyond what you could pull with your own trigger. Correct. Nor is the bump stock itself a machine gun. Indeed. Uh, because their redefinition, they beating the uh, the ATF, their redefinition of machine gun conflicted with Congress's statutory definition of the term, the Fifth Circuit's en banc decision held that it need not decide whether the ATF's rule was, quote, an exercise of legislative power in violation of the Constitution's vesting of all such power in Congress, uh, unquote, that the federal appellate court in Cargill sidestepped the separation of powers question, renders the decision of limited value and does little to limit the constitutionally ungirded authority of the administrative state. So this is something you'll see courts do on fairly often, uh, is they'll have an appeal in front of them, and they'll be like 10 different options from them to choose from as far as why they could overturn the lower court's decision. 
and they'll pick the most narrow possible legal option. They they will pick the least important one mm-hmm. and they'll overturn it based on that and completely ignore like the big the, ones, the, the ones, room. right? The ones that could completely overturn the ATF or overturn. Yeah, you know, and whatever. I've wondered before, like, I wonder how many federal judges are actually under like threat, like some kind of veiled or mm. open threat from some government thug sure. type hitmen. You know, all you got to do, you have one person that gets assassinated, and all you got to do is show one judge a picture of your latest. You know the a recent project you did on a guy and say, you know, you're going to, you're going to mind your manners in your courtroom, aren't you judge? And the guy yeah. says, yep, sure thing. Absolutely. I'm your man. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the FBI of course is known for doing information gathering. Mm-hmm. They, they get a lot of publicity for the criminal people that they, they go after, but there's a huge portion of the FBI. And this is according to an interview with one of their former agents that Mark Edge, our co-host did, there's a huge chunk of the FBI that's dedicated to information gathering. It's their job to infiltrate political movements and their job to, you know, learn about people like Martin Luther King or uh, Aretha Franklin or all these people that they've been gathering uh, dossiers on for for years or whatever. They they do that within our movement. They do that within the conservatives, the liberals, you know, the Antifa, uh, Proud Boys. There's all kinds of infiltration going on. And these are agents whose job it isn't to necessarily set you up for something. Thing, although those people exist as well mm-hmm. it's their job to just sit there and listen yep and and take notes they're actual stasi mm-hmm. they're literally stasi nonetheless the cargill decision provides a small check on the atf and its attempt to legislate by regulation and tease up this narrow issue for the supreme court as three other federal circuit courts of appeal had previously upheld the atf bump stock rule but it could be some time before the high court delves into this issue because the Fifth Circuit left the question of an appropriate remedy to the lower court. Accordingly, until the lower court enters an injunction or otherwise declares the ATF's bump stock rule invalid, review by the Supreme Court is unlikely. Uh, because then the, it would have to be the lower court that would rule it invalid and then the ATF would appeal that up, presumably to the Supreme Court. Even then, the issue may never make it to the Supreme Court if Congress acts to criminalize the possession or use of bump stocks. While that would be a defeat to Cargill and others who seek to possess bump stocks, absent a ruling that the Second Amendment guarantees a right to bump stock devices, something unlikely, it would be a victory for the constitutional separation of powers that granted Congress, not unelected bureaucrats, the power to pass laws. And, of course, there's also that uh, EPA decision that came out recently that's sort of in the same vein, Mm -hmm. the idea being that these bureaucracies cannot exceed their statutorily granted or congressionally granted so-called authority but yet they do it all the time and you know it's hard to be optimistic i see you as being very optimistic on this front matt and i I appreciate the optimism but it is hard to be optimistic given that as you pointed out when a supreme court rules on a thing it doesn't necessarily change anything right it just means that you now have the opportunity to go through the process with a supreme court ruling in your uh, back pocket right and that's going to cost you know a ton of money and take a lot of time and good luck you know and then you're fighting it out in the courts for another decade on on, sucks yes on one hand you're you're right but on the other hand there actually is a lot of money available like gun owners of america there's some there's you know there's people throw people like me 
mm-hmm. throw money at this stuff. I mean, you don't have to be rich. You just people are just throwing money at this these types of defensive organizations. You know, Gun Owners of America is fantastic, and they are working overtime at this point. Well, speaking of the courts, there's a couple of other interesting cases going on out there. One of them uh, from the folks down at Texit, the independence movement in Texas. They're suing Facebook, and they think they may be able to overturn. The old Texas versus white decision from the 1800s that the government relies on whenever they say, oh, no states can secede from the United States. It's a civil war case. We're coming up. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open, and you can join us here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You want to weigh in on the World Economic Forum. That is ongoing. Uh, if you are curious about what's been going on over there, i got to point you to the folks over at Rebel News. They've been doing some really interesting man-on-the-street stuff because, well, they're not allowed into the actual event course not because they're independent media but you can check out wefreports.com to see that the uh, reports they're filing from the streets there in davos Uh, we also talked about the bump stock situation and a recent court decision cargill that has uh, put a little chink in the armor apparently of the atf on this issue it hasn't completely overturned their uh, administrative so-called powers but at the very least it has pushed back somewhat on what they've done by trying to make bump stocks illegal without any kind of act of Congress. So you can comment on those things as well here as uh, with you tonight. It is Ian and Matt. So since we're talking about court cases, there's another one that is brewing right now, according to, let's see, is this the New York Times? Yeah, New York Times. Uh, the Supreme Court is looking at reconsidering key tenets of online speech. And this could be very, very bad. For years, giant social networks like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have operated under two crucial tenets. The first is that platforms have the power to decide what content to keep online and what to take down, free from government oversight. The second is that websites cannot be held legally responsible for most of what their users post online, shielding companies from lawsuits over libelous speech, extremist content, and real-world harm linked to their platforms. And this is something we've discussed before. Uh, we're going to get into what it what it actually is. Uh, it's a certain section of an old law from 1996, Section 230, which protects platforms from liability for the actions of their users. And this is this is good law, right? Like this is something that should exist. It it shouldn't need to be in the law. It should just be like just the facts i mean it should just be like whoever says a thing is the one who's responsible for it not the person publishing uh the thing or not the person who's who's allowing that person to say the thing but this is what is being considered now by the supreme court or potentially reconsidered leading what could be to the most significant reset of the doctrines governing online speech since u.s officials and courts decided to apply few regulations to the web in the 1990s on Friday, Supreme Court is expected to discuss, uh, and this is this was posted today, so this is happening tomorrow, 
uh, whether to hear two cases that challenge laws in Texas and Florida, barring online platforms from taking down certain political content. Next month, the court is scheduled to hear a case that questions Section 230, the 1996 statute that provides or that protects the platform's from liability for the content posted by their users. The cases could eventually alter the hands-off legal position that the United States has largely taken toward online speech, potentially upending the businesses of TikTok, Twitter, Snap, and Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. It's a moment when everything might change, said Daphne Keller, former lawyer for Google who directs a program at Stanford in their Cyber Policy Center. Uh, these cases are part of a glowing, uh, growing global battle over to how to handle harmful speech online. In recent years, as Facebook and other sites attracted billions of users and became influential communications conduits, the power they wielded came under increasing scrutiny. Questions arose over how the social networks might have unduly affected elections, genocides, wars, and political debates. Of course, now we're seeing with the Twitter files that have been coming out, all of the proof that anybody ever needed to see that indeed Twitter was working hand in hand with the government to restrict people's ability to uh, express themselves, for instance, on the question of COVID or not taking the vaccine, for instance. There have been so many different examples of this, and it should be their right to do that since it is their platform. But really what's going to happen here, if if the Supreme Court overturns Section 230, you can say goodbye to the idea of platforms like Twitter. Because what would happen if they get rid of Section 230, and you know maybe this is much ado about nothing, maybe the Supreme Court won't even hear the case, they might just reject it, uh, and then that'll be the end of it, I presume. But if they overturn this section, that's going to mean that any website that has the ability for users to post content, which for the last 15-plus years has been the bulk of the most popular sites on the internet, right? Like before Facebook, uh, you know, before Twitter, you had forums, you had Yahoo groups, you had these these old versions of platforms where people could post messages and there was very little moderation. Each, you know, area would have its own moderator in that if you started your own yahoo group or you started the forum then you're the one who's responsible for for moderating it but if your forum grew to the extent that you couldn't possibly know what was all on that forum and then somebody goes and they post something that's illegal for instance or a threat or something like that on your forum and you don't know that it's there section 230 protects you because you didn't post it you just have this website people use the website you don't know what they're using the website for. Right. If you knew what the website was being used for, then you could arguably have been asked to take down certain things. But maybe it was your policy to let people have freedom of speech. Maybe you thought if somebody makes a post, then they're the ones responsible for the things that they said. And that's the way it ought to be. And that is the way that it ought to be. An individual posting their opinion online, even if it is a threat or some sort of you know, possibly illegal thing that they're saying or whatever, should they should be the ones held responsible for that. For sure. Overturning Section 230 would reverse that and would mean that someone could file a lawsuit against the actual platform itself for the content that they are hosting. Sounds like a case for decentralized platforms. It would be that case, and maybe that would ultimately really kind of thrust whatever versions of decentralized platforms that there are out there, and there aren't that many. I'd want to know what would happen to things like 4chan. Well, that's another good question. 4chan would probably be targeted 
because governments hate 4chan. Absolutely. I mean, it's, a place, it. it's a place where anonymous posting happens, basically. Yep. And you get what you get when you get anonymous posting, which is you get some ugly stuff, but you mm-hmm. also get some really interesting content uh, posted by people who you have no idea who they are. Uh, and so, yeah, they would definitely be targeting 4chan, although I suspect that 4chan hopefully is smart enough to not host their servers in the United States. Like, that they might see the writing on the wall uh, and are hosting their servers in some place that does not have uh, these sorts of rules or the potential to have these these sorts of rules. But, yeah, we may see um, more decentralized platforms coming to rise because 4chan is a centralized platform. That's running on right. somebody somewhere is paying the hosting bill at some server farm for uh, for that website. And that, that person can be targeted if they can be sussed out, if they can be found. Uh, of course, in a lot of cases, the U.S. federal government can just call up ICANN, which is the Internet phone book company, basically, and just pull websites from people. So if it's... I think it's 4chan.org, if I recall correctly. So they just go to whoever hosts the .org domain name service, and they say, we'll take that now. And they just hand it over to them. That's why whenever you see these website takedowns, you see the all the logos from the federal right, agencies. the federal seal. Yeah, because they, they actually take over the domain name. So we may end up having to see other uh, other alternatives. And there really aren't that many right now, but certainly ending Section 230 protections for sites would likely speed the development of those alternatives. But imagine, like, we've seen how the sort of centralization of these video hosting sites, for instance, YouTube, where we're not streaming tonight because they didn't like, quote-unquote, medical misinformation on the show recently, Uh whatever that, probably talking about COVID or something. They never actually tell you what exactly it was that you said. They just give you the three-hour-long show, and they say, your your violation's in there somewhere. Um and so we're going to be back on YouTube, but, you know, we may not last for another three weeks before we get another strike or whatever. So we already know that there's huge problems with these platforms, and we know that something that YouTube has done over the last roughly decade is they've changed their algorithm to only recommend the sort of mainstream stuff, right? So if you if you search for a thing on YouTube, you'll get a CNN story or a MSNBC or a Fox News or, you know, one of these major broadcaster type channels that's going to be what comes up first now maybe if you scroll down or go to the next three pages of results maybe you'll see some independent results there they're not they're not completely ghosting all of those channels but they're weighting the channels right they're saying oh the we at youtube believe that these are the channels that are relevant we at youtube think these are what you should watch and so they're pushing that on people pretty heavily i don't know why people still use youtube and habits facebook it's so, you know what? I've noticed in the last few months, at least the last couple months, Facebook seems to be getting really bad. Really it was bad, bad to me years ago. No, I mean, I, I mean, it's like unusable bad. It's like like it, broken. Every um, like every other every other post isn't a sponsored ad from somebody, and it's just like why why are we here? And it feel I have five thousand. That's people. frustrating. You know, my, my friends list has been basically maxed out for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see posts from like the same two or three people and that's it. And I don't know why. And they're not people that I have anything to do with. There's a lot of flat earthers. Oh, God. Like, I, don't, I mean, a lot. And it's like, what do I have in common with these aren't people that I know in huh. real life? 
Um, there's one really annoying vegan libertarian dude in Southern California that mm-hmm. I cannot stand. They made sure they showed me every single thing he ever posts for many months on it. Are you to, following him or is he your friend or I something? No, we're friends on Facebook. I mean, that's it. Like we added each other mm-hmm. during probably Ron Paul 2011, 12, mm-hmm. or something, you know, who knows? But I can't understand why I'm seeing, I, I did, I block, I, I like blocked him or whatever. Okay. I, I, I got rid of that guy. I can't, can't hack it. Um, but I, I can't understand, like, why aren't they showing me my friends' posts, like the people that I regularly communicate with and talk to and comment on their stuff? I don't see their posts. It's so weird. It is absolutely strange. Their algorithm is busted. Yeah. Um, it's trash. It is absolutely garbage. And it, I cannot see this going on much longer. It's not a useful tool. Well, okay, so you ask the question of why do people still use it? Why do people still use it? I mean, you're still using it, right? Even though, as you say, it is not useful. Yeah, it's not. Why? Why are you there? I, because my mom is on there. Okay. Well, don't you have her phone number? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a bad excuse. It really is, really is. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. She can see what I'm up to when I post on Are there still some groups that are active that are useful to you or fun? Not especially. No, there's no no more good meme groups. I know you used to be in some of the meme groups. Nah, I mean, I can get memes other places. I'm, yeah, a, I'm right. kind of a meme lord. So. Right. What do they, what do they do that you can't do somewhere else? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's just I old habits. That's it, what it is. Well, the 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 draw is there's so many people there. Like that's what people always say. But if they're not seeing my posts and what I'm not seeing theirs, right. what good are is having five thousand people on my on my friends list? That's what I was saying years ago when I finally quit Facebook, and I think it was the very beginning of 2018. So it's been like five years now. Yeah, good for you. Uh, I remember when you did it. It was Facebook. a fantastic idea. Uh, it, but it took me some time, right? Like it took me a. It took me years to kind of wean myself off of Facebook. The first thing I did a few years prior to actually full-on quitting was I uninstalled their apps from my phone Mm. because they kept on getting bigger, and then they kept adding apps. It used to be just one Facebook app, and then it became Facebook Messenger and Facebook Pages and Mm -hmm. Facebook Facebook, and so then there was three apps. I don't know if there's like six now. I have no idea. But at the point there was like two or three apps, I said, and I looked at the size of these things. It's one of those, the Facebook app just keeps on growing. It just keeps on like caching everything that you Mm do on your phone. It was like hundreds of megabytes. Like, I don't have room for this. So I got rid of it. But I was still using Facebook. I just said, you know, I don't need the app. I'll just go on the browser. And that was a fine way because, you know, you don't need 15 browsers to access the Facebook site. And of course, they're trying to push their app on you. Like, oh, you need the app. No, I don't. Just using the browser, and uh, and then I finally um, I got like I got this one browser extension for my laptop, uh, for your full desktop computer or whatever that would um, it would sort of edit your little notifications list and it would remove all the stupid crap from like I don't want to see if somebody likes my post. Don't care that that wasn't interesting to me. Like if right. somebody's commenting, okay, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to know about that happening. So I kind of edited. They sort of curated through this this app that though that way I wasn't seeing as many notifications. I would only see the ones that are the more useful ones. But then what I ended up deciding, and again I'm talking about over a period of years here, what I ended up doing was I would I noticed that I would I just kept on clicking the notifications thing. Right there's that dopamine hit. Right, right. you get that dopamine mm-hmm. uh, hit by clicking on that, and I knew that was a problem for me. So I created a rule that said, all right, well now I'm not going to do it until uh, until that number is five because I would do it on one. If there was one notification, yeah, check it right away. I'd click that notification, 
And uh, and so then I said, all right, I'm not going to do it until until it hits five. And I stuck to it. And so I click it when I hit five. And then I upped it to 10. And I upped it to like 15 and 20 and then 25 and then 30. And then what I started to notice was when it was, I don't know, 15, 30, somewhere in that range, I started to notice that whenever I would click it, I would be disappointed. Like, there's nothing in here. This has 30 notifications and there's nothing in there worth actually reading. Correct. It's worse now. And it went to, and then so I said, all right, 50, 75. And I get, eventually I got up to like, you know, 99. But by that point, I was ready to just, all right. Delete it. It's over. And I'd, I'd finally come to the realization that there was really no content there worth actually looking at. And and on occasion when, uh, you know, I would actually interact with people, it was almost always on some stupid argument or some dumb, you know, fight or spat, some sort of flame war mm-hmm. uh, going on, which I didn't want to spend my time on either. No. Even time suck. I've done enough of that. That's the worst kind of time suck. Yeah, in my life. So it really brought absolutely nothing to the table, but it took a long period of sort of weaning myself away from it to finally get to the point where on New Year's Eve, I said, all right, later, it's over. And I I did what you call a deactivation because you couldn't delete your account. I don't know if they have allowed deletion of accounts yet, but uh, at the time when I quit, you could not just delete your account. You had to, quote unquote, deactivate it. So I deactivated it and I did not come back. So that's my story mm-hmm. on that one. I think mine's just I'm, I'm just going to end up weaning off of it organically. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to try to. It's just getting so boring. It doesn't work. Like, why do I want to go there if it well, doesn't even function? It comes back to the habit. Right. So one of the things I noticed when I finally quit was if I was doing, you know, whatever it was, I'm working on uh, my laptop, calling radio stations or whatever I was doing during the daytime in whatever my mind would have considered to be some sort of lull or downtime. You know, maybe I'm on the phone with somebody or I've just checked off something on my, my list or whatever. I would notice that I would go to the browser URL area. And my fingers would start typing F-A-C. And normally, you know, the thing's going to autofill the rest of it. And then yep. I would hit the return button. And there were a few times where I hit the return button and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, I don't want to be here. Right. And I'd close the tab. Oops. And I ended up catching myself typing F-A-C uh, multiple com- times. It's a compulsion. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. The habit of you've done it so often. It is the thing that you do in that downtime to fill the space between doing something productive yep. or doing something you actually enjoy, that's what you do. So I, th- I think that's one of the reasons why people are still there. They have the habit of going there mm-hmm. all the time on the toilet or when they're in the kitchen or when they're going to bed or whatever, right? Whenever they happen to use it. So it is uh, it is something you just have to use your willpower on yep. basically and be aware of, of yourself. Well, Facebook's basically. making it easy because it's starting to suck really bad. Okay, good. It's about time. Uh, so to go back to the story here about these sites, they may end up it may end up be the government that kills uh, Facebook if the Supreme Court rules to uh, overturn Section 230 of this 1996 law that essentially protects platforms from liability. Because if Facebook is now all of a sudden liable for the things that its users post, they're just going to shut down. They're going to say, "Okay, well, we made our money. We're going to focus on uh, the metaverse now." 
Yep. And uh, we're just going to close this platform down. We might allow Fox News or uh, MSNBC to continue using this as their own platform because we trust them because we're all corporate buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you average folks, you guys are a liability. We yep. can't just have you posting whatever you want to post and then somebody sues us over it. And the same thing will be true for YouTube. They will just get rid of absolutely anyone who isn't some sort of corporate channel, some big megatech uh, or mega media corporation. They should change their name at that point too. To themtube. Yep. <laughs> or something. That's actually yeah. a great way, yeah. great, great thing to say there. Us, but us tube. It's not YouTube anymore. No. You, you can't just go on and make your own, you know, make your own channel and put up your own content anymore. If that, if that content isn't, you know approved all right i mean they've been demonetizing people for years now and that's been a major complaint there's a channel mr guns and gear mr guns and gear is about as white bread not um not at all uh what's the word i'm looking for offensive offensive at all at all Mm -hmm. he seems like he's probably like a ninth grade math teacher or (laughs) something very boring guy but he's very into guns and he talks about the latest you know gear that's coming out and the latest guns that are coming out and he'll review them and stuff and he talks about the latest law stuff that's going on and he's very clinical and boring if you ask me Hmm. but they they didn't just demonetize him; they banned his whole channel they like his channel just disappeared for like three days and he posted it posted a video saying hey sorry i was gone i don't know where i went guys so uh, they brought him back yeah apparently they okay. re re-upped his uh yeah. channel again but that just goes to show you if you're not saying the right things then you're you're gone they just shut you off sometimes it seems like they do that i forget there was another example of what you're talking about where some somebody's channel just got completely axed yeah, just annihilated and, and then gone. and then the person sent in some sort of appeal to YouTube, and then YouTube restored the channel, just like you're describing. And it almost seemed like, it was also a, so, a sort of a similar channel, I'm not saying it was like boring, but it was a channel that had some sort of a controversial subject, right? Right. And uh, this person got their channel restored, but it was like, well, why'd that happen? There was no explanation from uh, from YouTube, there was not... Oh, and I remember specifically, there weren't even strikes that were issued. Because normally the procedure is you get one strike, two strikes, and then the third strike, you're gone forever, right? The first and second strikes, usually you can kind of string string it along. If you wait long enough before you post again, that strike will go away. That's what we've been doing with our channel. Is That just seems like so much work. It, it, well, we, it's not that much work. We just don't stream there until the strike goes away, basically. How do you keep track of when the strike's going to go I'll away? I'll put it on my calendar. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, there's still an audience there, right? Like, there's still people. This is the old excuse, right? There's still people yeah. on Facebook or on uh, on on YouTube. YouTube. But in this case, it was the same exact thing. Dude had his channel taken down with no strikes beforehand. It was oh. just gone. Yep. And as soon as he sent the email or whatever, hit the oh, the, this was a mistake button or whatever it was, and they res- restored it. It almost seemed like. They're just deleting channels to see who says something and who doesn't. Because it otherwise doesn't make any sense. Like, if there was a reason to delete the channel, then say, we're sorry, your channel was terminated for a violation of our guidelines, and we didn't feel like striking you, so bye-bye, right? Yeah. Like, you, you don't have to restore the channel, but to restore the channel is a strange response. So it almost just seems like, well, well, let's just delete some of these channels and see if the user is still paying attention or whatever. Right. You know? Uh, let's continue here with your calls and thoughts. Neil is on the line in Arizona. Go ahead, Neil. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? What's, what's on your mind, Neil? 
you've got an obvious lack of callers tonight. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it happens. Facebook, Facebook during the the 2020 election, they uh, they took my my account and banned me for life, and then told me I had so long to download all my information, and I was never able to download anything. You know, mm-hmm. I had to. Uh, up my I first under up my internet speed and I bought an external hard drive because I had like thirty thousand pictures and whatever things on Facebook that I wanted to download and save and I wasn't able to get any of it. Hmm. Oh wow! And it, it was it was just crazy. I mean, Facebook and it was they banned me for life all over my political views. Well, that's another reason to shut down your Facebook account before you get banned, right? Is to disconnect from them. But while you go through the process of the disabling your account, there is a way to download the entirety of your account so you can save all those pictures or whatever. If you don't already have a copy of them, you can get that from Facebook, or at least you could a few years ago. So uh, that is is another reason to preemptively do yeah, this that's a good point. The before fact they is, take you out. The, the fact is Facebook is going to break up with everybody at some point. I would be the one to break up with Facebook first. Mm-hmm. That's right. probably a good idea to take that first step on your own. Neil, I don't know if you had more to share. Right. If you do, hang on. We can uh, bring it back here in hour number three. If that's the case, the number is 603-283-6160. There's uh, potential court cases looking uh, looming at the Supreme Court that may overturn some serious uh, free speech protections. It does not look good, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Hour number three is coming up here as well. And we can talk about secession for Texas and others coming up. It is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour here. The phones are open and you can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Matt. We are talking about some interesting potential court cases, well, actual court cases, that are potentially going to the Supreme Court and in, in this case, they are actually scheduled to hear a case that questions Section 230 of uh, 1996 statute that protects platforms like Facebook or YouTube or, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever these big tech, mega tech platforms are out there, from liability for the content posted by their users. Now, look, I am no fan of Facebook. We just spent a good chunk of the last segment talking about Trashing how, it how it's bad they are. Yeah, it's a terrible site. Uh, It's been terrible for many years, but people continue to use it because of, well, old habits tend to die pretty hard, even though the site just keeps getting worse. And it's going to circle down the drain on its own, I think, over time, but that still isn't really the issue here. The issue is, should platforms be liable for the content of their users? And according to this Section 230, they are not. And that is, in my opinion, the way it should be. Uh, Because to hold a platform liable for the content of its users is to essentially destroy the idea of internet platforms. It will just not, they just will stop operating in the way that they currently do. You will not have the ability to post any old thing you want to within the, you know, the general terms of service of the site. Because they have no way of moderating all of those posts. I mean, they have moderators. They pay people in other countries to review, you know, whatever somebody uh, flags a post. There's somebody that reviews that. 
But this would be, they would be liable. Like, they're not liable and they have all these reviewing people. They have these big, you know, third-party companies that they hire in to have people pr- professionally, which, by the way, is supposed to be a really terrible job. Like, I saw that, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I wouldn't doubt it, that some of the the Facebook fact-checkers were having PTSD problems because of some of the things they've seen that yeah. don't sit yeah, right with some them. Of the worst. I don't know if they call them fact-checkers, but the the review, the content reviewers, right. uh, they see like the worst of the worst of the internet, basically. Right. Like violence and sex and just all kinds of stuff you really Good don't want to Good for them. If you would at. do that for a job, you deserve whatever mental problems you get out of it. <laughs> right? You have, uh, to be, you have to be a clown to do that job yeah, in the first place. Yeah, it's hard to feel sorry for them. Nah, I, don't, I don't feel... They did choose it's like, I, I don't, it's like I, I feel the same way about them that I do with cops to get hurt in the line of duty. It's like, don't do that job. Yeah, you chose it. Don't do it. Right. Uh, so Section 230 shields the online platforms from lawsuits over most content posted by their users and protects the platforms from lawsuits when they take down posts and for years judges cited this is by the way the new york times reporting on this cited the law in dismissing claims against facebook twitter and youtube ensuring the companies did not take on new legal liability with each status update post and viral video critics said the law was a get out of jail free card for the tech giants and franks a university of miami law professor says if they don't have any liability at the back end for any of the harms that are facilitated they have basically a mandate to be as reckless as possible she says and so this woman wants to crack down this woman wants to have uh, liability for their assets because she knows what will happen she knows it will destroy these businesses because can youtube actually exist just using mainstream video is that a business model no. that's going to actually work for them? Is Absolutely that not. why why people go to YouTube is to watch CNN? You can go to CNN site mm-hmm. and see CNN. So why do you need YouTube for that? No, YouTube, despite all the crackdowns, despite all of the stupid rule changes and all the nonsense, the demonetization, is still where people go to see what other people make, to see independent creators being able to create. Which is unfortunate. People should go to Odyssey for that. They should. Uh, and hopefully Odyssey will stay in business uh, this year because they're currently under threat by the SEC. Uh, we'll update you on that as we learn more. There's a hearing this uh, this month on January 30th to that end at federal court, which I intend to attend to report on. Uh, but the Supreme Court previously declined to hear several cases challenging this statute, the Section 230. In 2020, the court turned down a lawsuit by the families of individuals killed in terrorist attacks that said that Facebook was responsible for promoting so-called extremist content. In 2019, the court declined to hear the case of a man who said his former boyfriend sent people to harass him using the dating app Grinder. The man sued the app, saying it had a flawed product. So again, the courts refused to hear those cases. But on February 21st, the Supreme Court is planning to hear the case of Gonzalez versus Google, which was brought by the family of an American killed in Paris during an attack by followers of the Islamic State. In the lawsuit, the family says Section 230 should not shield YouTube from the claim that the video site supported terrorism when its algorithms recommended Islamic State videos to users. The suit argues that recommendations can count as their own form of content produced by the platform, removing them from the protection of Section 230. A day later, the court plans to consider a second case, Twitter versus Tomne. It deals with a related question about when platforms are legally responsible for supporting terrorism under federal law. 
Eric Schapner, University of Washington law professor who's one of the lawyers representing the plaintiffs in both cases, said in an interview the arguments were narrow enough that they wouldn't change wide swaths of the Internet. He says the whole system doesn't break down, he said. But Halima Delane Prado, Google's general counsel, said in an interview that, quote, any negative ruling in this case, narrow or otherwise, is going to fundamentally change how the Internet works, since it could result in the removal of recommendation algorithms that are integral to the web. Twitter didn't uh, respond to a request for comment. Tech companies are also closely watching these uh, cases. Both states passed laws, uh, Texas and Florida, both states passed laws prohibiting social networks from taking down certain content after Twitter and Facebook barred Donald Trump following January 6, 21st so-called riot at the U.S. Capitol. Texas's law lets users sue if a large online platform removes their post because of the viewpoint it expresses. The Florida law finds platforms that permanently ban the accounts of a candidate for office in the state. So companies, including uh, groups funded by Facebook and Google and Twitter, sued to block those laws in 2021. The groups argued the companies had a constitutional right to decide what content to host. So that's going to be being heard by the Supreme Court, maybe, as well. I don't know if they've uh, agreed to take those cases on, uh, but I think that they do have the right to decide what content to host. Uh, But I think that's aside from the issue of the Section 230, which to me is the more interesting one here, and that is to say that should YouTube be held liable for recommending videos from the Islamic State to a viewer who then ostensibly becomes radicalized and goes and does something violent. Should they? I don't know. Mm. I don't think they should. I mean, just on a, on a free speech basis. I think that, you know, the, the uh, U.S. military is allowed to have a YouTube channel, right? Correct. Uh, why shouldn't the Islamic State be allowed to have a YouTube channel? Okay. Right? Yep. I mean, they're all killers. Right. They all want to use violence to get their way in the world. And to take that away from them, it, it makes it so you can't see who the bad guys are. Right. And that's one of the important things. It's one of the reasons why... It's like with anti-free speech stuff to 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 stifle the words of people who are racists or whatever. I want to know who they are. Yes. And I want to know which people, if any, in my circles start taking on that type of philosophy themselves i don't want to hang out with them anymore exactly and and if the you know if the words not getting out then i don't want to have any you know there's no way for me to tell who the dirtbags really are well and also maybe not even just dirtbags but the rt for instance i mean the russian government is certainly no i'm no fan of them i'm also right. no fan of the ukrainian government or the U- us government or any of these governments of the world but I think that they should have the ability to express themselves if the rest of the governments of the world. If YouTube's going to let you know U.S. media or Western media on their platform, then they should allow RT. And, and they banned them earlier in 2022. Apparently, they restored them at some point because their channel is back. So hmm. RT is no longer banned on YouTube. But it was for a time. And in Europe, it's completely banned. Uh, you cannot access that content over European internet without going through. Mm, that's gross. Going through like VPNs or something right. like that to jump through certain hoops, and uh, and I think that's the same situation. You know, RT, Islamic State. You know, you fill in the blank. All of these people should have the ability to express themselves because they may not be wrong about everything. I mean, I'm not in favor of terrorism, not at all. But I want to know what they have to say. I want to know why. Are they saying, why are they doing the things that they're doing? What is their reason for it? They have reasons. What are they? You're not going to find out what they are in the mainstream media. 
You're only going to find out when you listen to what they have to say. And this goes all the way back to uh, 9-11 when Osama bin Laden was explaining why it was that those attacks on the United States <laughs> happened. But the, main, the mainstream media wasn't going to tell you about what he had to say. They weren't going to ex- ex- give him the platform to express himself. And what did he have to say? Well, he was pointing the finger at the U.S. federal government. Yep. And again, don't I don't think terrorism is the, the answer. I don't think violence is the solution. But it's good to understand why things happen in the world. And the same thing's true with, uh, with RT today. They can explain explain the russian government's side of things mm-hmm. and the at least US, what they want you to know right well and the, the and worst the, case scenario you can always sit back and laugh at it if sure. you don't like it and scoff and you know whatever that's that's a that's a possibility it was uh, probably a decade ago that we were we were actually playing videos from islamic state on the air on free talk live simply because of the freedom of speech aspect of what are these people saying it, there was you would see the headlines islamic state beheads this man and you know oh in a, in a video posted online a man was beheaded you i'm sure you've heard these, mm-hmm. these headlines yeah. so i you know saw these stories and i thought well i want to see the video not that i'm i'm a gore hound or something like that in fact i find it quite disgusting it was hard in many cases to to watch usually i would just kind of like jump through the the really uh disgusting parts because i don't actually want to watch that but i do want to see and hear for myself what is actually going on out there? I don't want to just take the media's word for it. And that's what every one of the media stories was doing, was saying, well, according to the video we saw, this is what happened. Well, I'd like to be able to see the video myself. Why don't you link to it? They never did. In every report about some horrific thing that the Islamic State did, and I'm not denying they did, they did it. There's no doubt about it. But there were always things that they would preface it with. They would have some sort of propaganda prior to that, or they would have John Cantley, who was their captive, uh, that they had uh, they'd snatched up at one point, an English-speaking guy from Britain who, you know, maybe they had a gun to his head or whatever, but he was he was basically reading their scripts uh, for for them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and by the way, he's he has not been seen or heard from in in many years. Uh, belief is that he was killed at some point but it's never really surfaced what happened to john cantley at least not the last time i looked within the last uh, couple of years but it was interesting because he was sharing their propaganda and you did not get to hear their side of the story uh from the, the the mainstream media and i just think that all sides should be heard i that's that's just my you know my principle here and so yeah, but that wouldn't serve the power structure no, no it would not and so this, what's the Supreme Court case, you know, what's it going to do in this particular case where they're going to be ruling on whether or not uh, Twitter and or YouTube should be held liable for recommending videos from Islamic State? And the argument there is that, well, because it's the algorithm, that is actually YouTube telling people that they should watch this. That's different. The argument from the, the plaintiffs here is that's different than YouTube just simply hosting the video. That's them saying, hey, you should watch this video. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they decide on this case. If you want to comment, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. So looking at the cases regarding Florida and Texas, which allow people to sue uh, certain social networks from taking down their content, 
In Florida, a federal judge agreed with the industry groups, ruling that the law impinged on the platform's First Amendment rights, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit upheld most of that decision, but the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 5th Circuit upheld Texas's law, rejecting, quote, the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say, unquote. So you've got conflicting opinions from two different circuits, right? That's that's asking for a Supreme Court yep. hearing. That's that where it's headed after that. That puts the Supreme Court under pressure to step in. When federal courts offer different answers, they choose to settle the dispute, according to uh, Associate Press Professor of Cybersecurity Law. Spokesperson for the Florida Attorney General pointed to the state's filings with the Supreme Court, where it argues the ruling blocking the law strips pa- uh, states' power to protect their citizens' access to information. A spokesman for the Texas Attorney General didn't return a request for comment. If the Supreme Court's justices decide to hear the challenges, they could move to take the cases immediately for the court's term ending in June or for their next term in uh, the summer of 2024. runs from October 2023 to 2024. So these are some pretty big cases as far as freedom of speech is concerned. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we'll see how this all turns out. Hopefully things just stay status quo as far as Section 230 is concerned, because I think it would be a real tragedy. As much as I dislike Facebook and as much as I dislike YouTube, I dislike uh, the idea that they should be held liable because that would also apply to everyone else. Yep. You cannot cheer this on. Nope. If you hate big tech, you can't just go rah-rah, take down big tech, and overturn Section 230 because it would overturn any comment section on any blog, basically. Because most blog comments you know, are completely unmoderated. Yep. And, out there in the wild and right. people say whatever they want to say. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of comments over at Free Keen, which is the blog site that uh, that I blog at sometimes. Most of the time I don't read what the, the comments say. I have no idea. There's a hundred comments on that story. I don't know what they all are. Usually it's just, you know, two or three users fighting with each other over a period of days. But I don't know what they're saying to one another. I don't know what sort of claims are being made mm-hmm. and I should not be held responsible for it. Overturning Section 230 could very well uh, could very well do that. So it would be the end of comment sections. Reddit that, that would all go oh, go away. Yeah, Reddit would would be done. Uh, any kind of user based content website is over unless it's the user's blog themselves. That's all you're going to see. You're going to see every blog's going to turn off comments. Every news website's going to turn off comments. I mean, it's already been happening to some extent on some sites where. It's just like we don't want to deal with this. You know, we don't want to have to moderate the comments. So they or just they just want to control the narrative, and they don't want to have a bunch of people under there disagreeing with whatever they're putting out. Yeah, I mean that's probably a, a major reason for it. But at the same time, I like I don't blame somebody for saying to themselves, "I don't just don't want to deal with the hassles. I don't want to deal with the complaints." For sure. So let's turn it off. And that's what's going to happen is if Section Two Thirty is over overturned. Uh, and and again, they're saying that maybe this case wouldn't completely overturn Section Two Thirty, even if the Supreme Court uh, were to rule in the favor of the plaintiffs in this case and say, oh, well, YouTube, you violated the law by uh, by promoting Islamic State content. Because then Google's essentially saying, well, now we can't make recommendations of videos. Because how could we possibly have an algorithm making recommendations for videos when the algorithm might pick something that's illegal or pick something that is uh, you know, unpolitically feasible and recommend that to people? So... That would be tough because they obviously want 
Like part of YouTube, part of their business model is to keep you watching, right? They want you to watch video A and then video B and then video Z or video X or whatever, right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the second video or the third video in the chain is as long as you stay on YouTube and keep watching because they want to serve an advertisement to you or more than one on each one of those videos. So like that's kind of critical, Right? They don't want they don't want you to have to find the next video. Right? Same thing with like television channels. There's there's a reason there's another program that comes up after the show that you're watching. Because they want you to stay tuned, right? right? Stay tuned through the news, through through the next break. Same thing's true of YouTube. Once that video that you you went to YouTube to watch something specific, probably, right? Like yep. you you follow a certain channel, you've watched your subscription, and now you're done. You've watched your subscription. But there's the next video that's going to auto-load into your player. Or there's yep. that, that strip of videos along the side that's yep. quote-unquote related. They're saying that if the plaintiffs win in this case, that's going to go away. So now you watch a video, and it just stops. That's not a business. That's right? terrible. That's no, not a business. Well, it's still a business. It's just not a very good one. No. Yeah. I mean, if you can't keep people, I mean, obviously people are going to, there's going to be some amount of people that are going to just keep looking, right? Yeah. Like they'll, they'll do their searching and they'll, they'll dig up enough content to watch or they'll subscribe to enough channels to where they're. And it would be bad will. for the propaganda machine because then people might go find something else to do with their day other than go online and, you know, stay on auto, auto play, auto play, auto play. Yep. That's true. Uh, so that's what we're looking at here, and it's a, it's a pretty big potential change. Uh, if you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And like I said, we're, we're sticking with, with this theme of uh, pretty big court cases, and I was really excited to see this one come up. I've been watching the Texas Nationalist Movement for a little while now. They, they are the, they've got it together, these guys. They've this been, is Texas. This is Texit, yeah. You've heard of Calexit, which is back with uh, Calexit 3.0. We talked about that last week. But they are nowhere near as far along as uh, the Texas people. And uh, I would say New Hampshire and Texas are, are, are having a nice little competition between uh, the two to see who can get this thing done first. That sounds like pretty healthy competition. I agree. But I got to give these guys credit. They have it down. They are polished. They've been doing this for a lot longer than we have. And uh, they've been they've been putting out some really impressive videos recently online. If you well, haven't they, seen these them. are people that grew up in a in a culture where everybody knows that Texas can leave the, the union at any time, right? Sure, it is part of their constitution. Yeah, it's part of the constitution. It's part of their ideals too. You know, just they're born into this idea that we can we can walk away from this whenever we want to. Well, arguably, it's part of our constitution as well. Yeah, I don't think. Um, it, yeah, New Hampshire. Uh, well, New Hampshire has the right to revolt. Do they have the right to secede? There's some interesting, like the words secede isn't directly in the New Hampshire Constitution, but there is a, uh, a reason why we think that it can be, you know, it, like it's basically there. So I'm going to pull up the Bill of Rights here for you. Uh, state sovereignty. So this is Article 7 of the New Hampshire Constitution's Bill of Rights. The people of this state have the sole and exclusive right of governing themselves as a free, sovereign, and independent state and do and forever hereafter shall exercise and enjoy every power, jurisdiction, and right pertaining thereto, which is not or may not hereafter be by them expressly delegated to the United States of America in Congress assembled. So we can enjoy every single right that has not been expressly delegated to Congress, and 
we are a free, sovereign, and independent state. I mean, to me, those are all very basic, fundamental tenets of why you should be able to secede because you did not delegate. The people of New Hampshire did not delegate the ability to say goodbye to the United States. That's not there. It's not in the U.S. Constitution. There's nothing in the United States Constitution about leaving the Union. And that means that that decision's left with the state. Mm. And unfortunately, there was a pesky little uh, Supreme Court case during the Lincoln years in the eight, late 1800s called Texas v. White. Yeah, I want to know more about that. That is constantly brought up as the reason why it's an indelible loot. You know, it can, it can never be broken up. The union must always stay together because Texas v. White. Well, now the Texas nationalists are going to challenge it. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show and bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian and Matt. You can join us online anytime. Head over to freetalklive.com. And you can join us on our social media platform. We've been talking about social media quite a bit here tonight. And uh, there may be some serious... Uh, court decisions coming within the next couple of years that could overturn a lot of internet posting freedoms. Well, you still have the freedom to post on our site over at social.freetalklive.com. That's social.freetalklive.com. You can express yourself there without the ridiculous restrictions uh, that you would have on sites like Facebook or uh, Twitter, etc. Once again, that's social.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about some uh, major court cases and uh, the folks over at texit the texas nationalist movement have themselves their own court case and it involves facebook actually Hmm. they are going after facebook and how is this facebook lawsuit they're suing facebook or aka meta which is the now the the name of the company that owns facebook they're suing meta in regards to their uh what they're calling censorship of tnm's content texas nationalist movement But what does this have to do with the 1800s-era court decision, Texas v. White, which is always the case that the anti-secessionists, the loyalists, if you will, trot out. They say, oh, well, you can't secede because the Supreme Court said so in 1865 or whenever it was that they they made that ruling. So we're going to get into that. But first, we go to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, Oh, yeah, so it seems like we're going to be... Albuquerque, they're going to be keeping the free um, bus ride program for a while, but they're going to get more security officers on the buses. And I'm I'm trying to figure out, I mean, why did it take them so long to figure out they need more security officers? What does that mean? So you're talking about cops? Well, I mean, they're not police, but they can't, I mean, they're security. So... They could check for the tickets. If somebody's beating on each other, they could break up a fight, you know, mm-hmm. so they could. Um, so they can stop a fight, up. but they can't arrest people? I, I I have no idea what extent, but if they see a guy rubbing on somebody's butt, like when, when she's walking down the aisle, they could they could get, um, you know, cited uh, uh, or something. I don't know to what extent. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of the bus drivers have, like, if they see a bus driver getting beat up by five 
kids fight teenage boys like they have done, they could go and stop them, you know, tell you they would have some kind of ways to, you know, intervene. Cause so, they, you know, they'd be authorized to do that. Okay, so are these guys on every bus, or is it just sort of random that they show up? Well, um, right now they don't even have any, hardly. Okay. You're, you're lucky to see have um, any of them at the big um, Alvarado, like big bus stations. But uh, they, with Mayor Chavez, we used to see them floating around at bus stops. We used to see them on the buses. He had put more of them out, and that got discontinued. But we had that free bus bill, right? So now they're using it as a, when people steal, the, the buses are the getaway vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is Albuquerque. This is, this is what they use it for. So they, the part of it is to have more security, and they want to do some kind of an ID program to have to to know who is writing. So, but oh, okay. So that's the price of that's the price of the free ride. That's the rub. Yeah, yeah, I know that is the price. I know, but it's. It's kind of like what. So, what do you think? I mean, so you're saying you want this, right? You want to have security agents on the bus. You want to have IDs being shown. You're in favor of all this? Well, you know what? I, I'm, I like the security. I've been asking for more security forever. You know what I mean? Because I get, I'm terrified to ride the bus as a woman. I mean, I've been. What, what has happened I mean, to you? I've had guys. Okay, one time I was stupid. I was wearing a short and I was wearing. Like I had some thongs on me, and I and I put I was sitting in the back seat, and I had my leg up. Some guy sat next to me, start rubbing on my thighs. My I should have slugged him with a bag and screamed or something, but I I I thought I would get in trouble, so I didn't do that. But these guys they rub on women's arms. They did did that to me. They rub on girls' butts. The drunks. Uh, they they talk filthy to me at mm. bus stops. I mean, it's just horrible. And I read uh, newspaper articles where. She got on with the kids. Some guy was touching himself on the bus in the back. And then yep, the, I've heard yeah, those stories. It was on the newspaper. I mean, it's just awful. And then she said, I'm terrified of riding the bus for my the safety of my children. You know, there's one so, way. You, there is one, one solid way to avoid that. And that is get a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but I... I don't ha- I don't want to drive either. I mean, because I've you had can take an Uber. car accident. Or take a take a no, you know cab I, or something. Well, I mean, I do take the uh, Z trip every now and then, but that gets expensive too. Mm-hmm. So, um, though I love the fact that I don't have to be, I love the free ride. The fact that I don't have to be scrambling around for change. Sometimes I leave the house and I did, forgot my purse. I mean, my change, you know. And I, what the hell? What do I do? I don't have money on me. Sometimes I lose my wallet. You know, sometimes it happens. And I'm scrambling around um, at, uh, looking for money and all this stuff. And, you know, there was one time there was a very last bus. And there was a person that got on. I need the very last central bus, like uh, 12 midnight. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have the money. He wound up getting into a fight with the bus driver. So the guy tried to help the bus driver. And he got so you're saying that this was before the free rides policy because now they're free right this happened about when i first got to town like 20 years ago before we had the, wow. free, the free ride was only just uh happened like two years ago mm-hmm. but there was just over one 
dollar right, somebody got stabbed. That's it, crazy. And it was the very last bus, and I probably was very cold, and he needs that last oh. bus to go somewhere, and, you know, people got hurt. I mean, this sounds like the prison know. bus. I mean, it sounds like, <laughs> yeah. and now you want to get uh, more prison guards on the prison bus, basically, is what I'm hearing from you, Sarah. Well, I, I, I just think that it would be better if we if we could have more security, and I would like to keep the free ride. But you want everyone else to pay for it. Well, well, something right? that everybody's gonna everybody's gonna pay for it, and everybody's gonna enjoy it. Everybody's no, everyone it is not going to no, enjoy not. it. And Sarah, what what steps are you taking to provide for your own security? Your security is well, your job first and gel, first and foremost. I have a gel pepper spray. It's a it's a pepper spray, but it clings on your face. I got it from Walmart. That's a good one. Okay. Good, so that's what I carry. That's good. Okay, that's good. You gotta have that. And second thing is, I don't go after dark in Albuquerque. I'm, you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. You're a woman. They think that you're a hooker. You're walking around. Mm. Somebody's gonna snatch you up and and t- drag you behind the dumpster and rape you Damn. and strangle you, or whatever. So no, as a woman, I don't come out after dark without a male escort. Mm-hmm. And then even they get jumped by five guys and robbed too. It doesn't matter if you're a man in Albuquerque. So I mean. Unless you know black belt or something, or you you're packing a gun or whatever, you know how to use it. Well, what what so what's the problem thing. with that too? Could you do that? Well, I'm a Democrat and I'm <laughs> anti-gun. You know what I mean? Because Sarah, that's the dumbest you know, thing I've ever heard. <laughs> she only wants the criminals to have guns. She only wants the criminals. To, Sarah, would you please get get a gun and get some lessons? I bet Richard could teach her. I bet her uh, her roommate knows how to probably. Fire a gun. You know, the, there's a great gun. The the one I got from my girlfriend. It's a fantastic gun for girls. It's called a Sig P365. They call it 365 because you carry it every day, 365 mm-hmm. days a year. That's how I remember it. It's a fantastic little gun. It doesn't get in the way. It's very effective against bad guys. What caliber? It's a 9mm. Okay. And I absolutely recommend just the regular old SIG P365. And I wish you would at least, Sarah, go to a gun shop and don't tell them you're a Democrat. But do tell them that you want to look at one of those and you want to understand it and you want them to teach you about it and they'll be more than happy. Any gun shop, whenever they see new people come in, especially when it's women, Mm. they want to help you and they want to teach you and they want to give you range time and you'll have people throwing themselves at you to help you learn how to use that so you can protect yourself. You know something, but I am anti-gun, and you know what? I think with the, having those things, you could actually hurt yourself. You might. There's a lot of instances where the kids got the hold of a gun. You're not a child. They hurt their brother. You're not a child, you know I mean? Sarah. I, no, but you know what? That's dangerous for me. I'm afraid that I'm going to make a mistake and shoot my. That, and that, that's why I said like you that. you got to you have to get you have to get there's educated. A learning curve. There, there are people who will teach you. They will teach you. Yep. There's there's very specific rules to follow. And if like you don't follow point them, it at you yourself hurt. or other people unless you want to hurt them or kill them. But like like uh, like Baldwin, that guy. Yeah, don't point. Yeah, at yeah he's an idiot. Exactly. He violated yeah, the number yeah. one rule of gun safety. Don't point a gun at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. That's the number one rule. Yeah. Do not point your gun at anything you don't intend to kill or destroy. Yeah, you can so remember I mean, that. It's rule. Not that hard. It's okay. I, I just got the gel pepper spray, and I don't go out after dark unless I'm in a unless I'm stuck in a bind where I have to walk by myself, and I walk along the lit street. Mm. The well, at least street. she's doing something. Yeah, that's yeah, great. She's I'm, doing something. I am happy to hear that. I'm glad, I'm glad you got your pepper spray. It's not bad. That's not bad. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Good luck out there. I don't want to think about Sarah in New Mexico. You know, I 
kind of silly to me, but I don't want to think about her having a bad life and getting accosted no, by strangers wants. on a freaking bus. That's awful. awful. You know, Let's go to, to uh, David also in New Mexico. Go ahead, David. The uh, legal cases you were talking about earlier, but first of all, let me say that um, I, I used to, when I lived in Albuquerque, I'd go anywhere in Albuquerque at any time of the night, and I never got messed with. I don't. I, I can't necessarily explain it, but anyway. And, uh, and are you a hooker? <laughs> I am a hooker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to some extent, it has to do with how you carry yourself, right? Like, if you are a confident individual and you carry yourself in that way, you are less likely to be targeted by someone who would victimize. Yeah. If you look like somebody who could be a problem, they're going to go to the next guy, not you. Yeah. Yeah. That may that may be part of it. And um, actually, well, you, you guys, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on Sarah has uh, made a shifted to an improved status. She went from declared communist to declared Democrat. I heard that. Ooh. Yeah. And um, uh, and actually, uh, in in this city, um, because I know them, the mom and pop gun stores, and actually all of the gun stores probably, but the mom and pop, which do the majority of the business, well, Cabela's does quite a bit. Um, they would actually give her greater assistance uh, in a cheerful manner if she did tell them that she, that she was a Democrat. 100%. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so the, the legal case, um, and I, I got a question uh, for you, um, but first of all, uh, I, I remember hearing uh, Matt say that um, uh, he communicates with his mother and the chosen venue was not the telephone, it was the internet, and, and I think Facebook in particular, mm-hmm. and Ian, you suggested that he call her on the phone, um, and I'm, so I want to ask Ian, uh, and there may be a secondary question, but why, why uh, should he call her, her on the phone? Can the phone company not uh, interrupt their conversation and ban them from using the phone? Um, I don't know what the legality is of that. I'm pretty sure that the phone companies don't give a damn what you're doing with their with their phone lines. Why do you ask? Uh, because I want to I want to make a point uh, and get your comment on it mm-hmm. that uh, the phone companies don't seem to ban people from uh, calling, texting, group calling, group texting. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem to do that. Not yet. And. Pardon? Not yet, at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not yet. Actually, I, I, I believe that I did hear that there has been some interference with texting, with the content of text. Yeah. There has been some inter- There was some uh, right. some allegations about that during the COVID thing, like that they weren't allowing certain uh, text links or rather links to certain websites that might have been critical of the uh, the COVID regime that those were being banned from certain cell phone providers, that uh, they, if you tried to send that text, just wasn't going to make it to its de- okay. destination. Got it. So, so they are doing some, some Allegedly. of what we're yeah. talking about. Right. And, but generally speaking, uh, most people accept that the phone company doesn't monitor the content of your telephone use. Um, and so what, what I'm, uh, the first question uh, of possible uh, series of questions, but is main one main question, if the phone company doesn't do it and most citizens would not accept, would not tolerate the phone company listening in on phone calls and telling you what you can and can't say over the phone, why do we tolerate it from other 
forms of communication that actually are preferred communication by evidenced by Matt's mom wants to communicate on Facebook more than on the telephone by the fact that that's what she does. Well, and, one, uh, so you're paying the phone company for a service. You are paying them to provide you with that service. And that's a different story. But you are, but, you are, but remember the, the adage, the adage that we all accept that, um, uh, that we are paying Facebook with our information. Facebook is profiting off of us, so we are paying them. It's just not in the U.S. dollar. Well, I get, the, I get what you're saying, but they don't have the same obligation to you. When you're a paying customer, you are under some form of an agreement with them to provide a service to you. Whereas with Facebook or YouTube or whatever, the, the old adage is that you are the product. If you're not paying for the product, then you are the product, meaning that Facebook is selling advertising. Uh, the Facebook customers are the advertisers. That's who they're marketing you as a potential viewer to. Okay. And if they don't want okay. you as a potential viewer anymore, then they will cancel your account. Right. Secondary, secondary question. Um, the, uh, and, and I kind of lost it. So I'm right. sorry about that. But there, was notes. A sec- there was a secondary follow-up about the difference between the phone company and, uh, and the, uh, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whomever. And if I don't get it within a couple of seconds, we'll just, that's okay. The, the, the difference is, is a fundamental business structure, right? With the phone company, they're not selling you ads. You don't pick up a phone call and hear an ad first. I remembered. Um, So comment on this. Uh, 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 In other words, here's a question. Um, I'm firmly convinced, I I firmly believe that uh, our telephone companies, our U.S. mail, our FedEx, our UPS, our grocery stores, they're they're what, what I call common carriers. Um, and the, you know, the retail stores too, they, they can't, uh, refuse service for any damn thing that they feel like, um, they can only refuse service for lawful reasons. And there are, and, uh, and so if you're doing business and, and I know that the libertarian viewpoint is that anybody should be able to refuse whatever they want, but I don't want to talk sure. about the libertarian viewpoint right now. I want to talk about the, the laws here in the land, the current laws, right or wrong. Um, and so, generally speaking, you know, common carriers, airlines, trains, buses, uh, t- telephone companies, uh, grocery stores, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if they want to refuse your service, they have to have a lawful reason. I, I firmly believe that, legally speaking, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, are common carriers, as evidenced by the fact that Matt's mom chooses Facebook uh, over the telephone company for communications with her son. I, I can't say I know exactly what the legal definition of common carrier is. I'm not sure that would be a law I would want to support in the first place. I wouldn't want to force any service provider to provide me with any services. Of anything. Okay, I wouldn't... But I wasn't talking about the libertarian viewpoint. I was okay, talking okay. about current current law. And there, is, and there is plenty of current law. I don't happen to be an expert on all of it. Um, but uh, as a layperson... I believe that, you know, you, I, you know if, if Ian walks up to my grocery store, you know, and it's the only grocery store within 20 mi- miles, and I don't quite like the way Ian looks, um, you know, especially because, you know, may- maybe he's white, maybe he's got dark hair, maybe he's, uh, you know, whatever. I just, you know, sorry, buddy, I don't want your business today. I, I don't think that's legal um, because you, you need uh, 
to be able to access goods and services in order to have a normal life. And okay, so, so I, I looked it up, uh, David, and the the thing you're missing, at least according to Cornell Law School, law.cornell.edu, is uh, according to their definition of common carrier, it is a person or a commercial enterprise that transports passengers or goods for a fee and establishes that their service is open to the general public. So common examples would include a ship owner, railroad, airline, taxi service, etc. And in this case, for our discussion, a telephone company would be that. Uh, On the other hand, a person or commercial enterprise that only agrees in particular circumstances to transport passengers or goods would be a private carrier. Uh, So the difference being a private carrier from a common carrier is that the private carrier does not establish that their service is open to the general public. So even though Facebook appears to be open to the public, it still has a set of terms of service, and further, they do not charge you for that service, so therefore they would not meet the definition of common carrier. Well, that's kind of like how Bitcoin is not uh, money. What do you mean? I'm uh, I'm uh, making a, I'm not making a jab at you. I'm making a jab at the the law that was used against you in your case is similar to what what I see going on here. Because um, part of your allegation, and correct me if I where I get things wrong, is that um, you you were not operating a money transmittal whatever because Bitcoin is not money, which I agree with you. Bitcoin is a commodity, no different than uh, you know peanut butter or whatever other mm. commodity, um, and uh, that's one point, the, right? And 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 so another one um, is that Bitcoin and, never actually moves, so it's never transmitted anywhere. So that's the other point, right? And yeah. but and 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 my my purpose of using that as an analogy because it's it's fresh in your head, and it's a different. There's a difference between you and the controlling government in defining what things are and how laws are interpreted, mm-hmm. and and I'm saying that same thing applies to the common carrier question. And, and we were talking about common carriers. There's also a similar terminology, which I can't remember right now, that refers to public, oh, public accommodation. That's the phrase. Public accommodations cover, you know, hotels, mm-hmm. restaurants, grocery stores. And it's, it's, it's essentially the same thing as a common carrier. Sure. As opposed uh, to a common, private club. Carrier. Yeah. Pardon? yeah. As opposed yeah, to as a as private opposed. club where you have to pay a fee and get a membership. Right. And, and, and just like the, 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 you, you say that Bitcoin is one thing and the government says that Bitcoin is something else, um, I say, uh, if there's anybody that's going to pose me out there, I, I say that Facebook and Twitter are most definitely public accommodations and or common carriers, beyond the shadow of a doubt, as the way I interpret uh, the facts and the law. Well, I mean, maybe there's a stronger argument that they're a public accommodation in that they are open ostensibly to the public, uh, but they don't—they they still are, don't charge yes. the fee that a common carrier would require. And, so they might, might may not may not meet the definition of common carrier, but they may meet the definition of a public accommodation. But what does that mean for a legal, uh, you know, from a legal standpoint for them? I have no idea. Yeah, well, my speculation as to what it means is that they can't refuse service to to somebody because they happen to look like Ian Freeman. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. You don't, I don't, you're not, we're not selling to you. No, the fact that you're a public accommodation, you have to have a lawful reason to not sell for me, sell to me, not just that uh, I look like Ian well, Freeman. Well, they, they may not be able to refuse service, but they can certainly have rules of service, right? They can say, well, we'll serve you. 
but you're not allowed to say certain things when you're using our service, and that's part of the terms of service. Right, but it has to be. It has to. Part of the law is it has to be reasonable, and I would consider that unreasonable. Why? Um, in light of the. Fa- it's their well, server. So, let, let, pardon? It's their server. Why shouldn't they be able to set whatever rules, however reasonable or unreasonable, they want well, to? If they want to tell you that you got to jump up and down before you post uh, on their server, then that's their rule. No, well, no, because it's a common carrier. And no, it's not. In a, in, By well, definition, it is not a common carrier. Just because you are saying it is does not mean it is. It's, it's a public accommodation. All right. Well, thank you, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. I don't think we're I think we're going around in circles there uh, at that point. That just because it's a public accommodation doesn't mean that there aren't rules. Like you know, you go into a hotel. Yeah, it's a public accommodation. Purportedly, if you lay down, and as long as they haven't banned you for uh, for you know destroying their rooms and they got you on a list of people that they don't want to do business with then yeah you got enough money that you put down enough cash or you got a credit card they're going to get let you into the room but that doesn't mean you get to tear the bedspread and uh, apart and set the room on fire right so there's certain rules that apply to that public accommodation public accommodation just means they are open to the public but the public has to still agree to whatever the terms of service are the terms of service are you don't destroy our property and we'll let you stay the night. Otherwise, they call the police. We're out of time for tonight. You can join us between now and tomorrow night online anytime you want. Keep the conversation going. We've got our own social media server over at social.freetalklive.com. We also have our own chat server at chat.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.